The following podcast is in no way produced, endorsed, or affiliated in any way with the Wikimedia Foundation, and the use of the term Wikipedia is used without permission. Enjoy at your own risk. Welcome to the second episode of Wikipedia Brown. I'm honestly shocked and amazed that I made it to number two, and I'd like to thank Adderall for supporting me through this new endeavor. Uh, this episode probably should have been my first because Disneyland is one of my main true loves, and so is pretty much anything Disney-related. And the fact I'm in my early 30s shows I may have some sort of Peter Pan complex. I don't know. I'm not a psychoanalogist or whatever. But my guest today includes someone who may just be a bigger Disney fan than I am because he has a more expensive premium season pass, which is how I judge these things. It's the premium one, right? Yeah, it's the premium okay. one. Wes uh, Weitzenhofer. What up? And my second guest is a really fucking funny girl which usually amounts to a pretty funny guy. Oh, um, no. Okay. We're off to a terrible start. Caitlin Boschman. And Caitlin actually has just become a writer for an Upright Citizens Brigade sketch team, so congrats on that. Thank you. Uh, what's Which team is it? It's called the Get-Go. It's the only all-female team. Okay. So, and it's awesome. Which is uh, probably the only one you could get on, right? Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Alan. Yeah, and you had your first <laughs> show last night. Uh, well... Yeah, I um I haven't actually started writing for them yet. I'm going to start probably next week, but just been kind of hanging out, going to rehearsals, getting to know everyone. And drinking. You're obviously hungover right yes, now. Yes, I drank last night and I'm terribly hungover right now, so I apologize if I vomit on your couch. Well, that's fall great. Asleep. Uh, Wes, you were saying something earlier uh, that I found interesting. What was yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, along with the drinking thing. Yeah, it was I mean, since it's a Disney podcast and all, I mean. Uh, not a lot of people know, but uh, the Dumbo ride at Disneyland, uh, right before it was supposed to open, Walt Disney was doing a, a check around the park, and he saw that the elephants had been painted pink because in the movie, the, you know, Dumbo gets drunk and then sees all the pink elephants, and there's that creepy, like, nightmarish sequence with the elephants on parade. And uh, he saw that they were painted pink, and he, I, from what I understand, kind of flipped out and made them completely repaint all of the elephants at the last minute because he didn't want alcohol and being drunk associated with the theme park so so I, I i don't ride the dumbo ride did they paint them all gray yeah they're all gray okay they're all dumbo color i think they i think they ha- might have different colored hats on <laughs> okay i have I a really big fear of the dumbo ride actually do you i, really? I won't go on because when i was little my mom told me i don't know why she told me this i was like six but she told me that she um was a horrible yeah yeah um that i guess one of the Dumbo's flew off during the ride and some poor <laughs> it's really funny it gets funnier and someone got like decapitated or something by the ears the ears do stick straight out yeah something like that I don't know why my mom told me this she's like you can't go on this ride because you might get de- decapitated that is weird because that I don't think that's actually ever happened I think it did though I think it I don't know I don't think it did because here this it's is why I don't think it did legend. in in, uh, in researching uh, the Walt Disney Company um, I you know Disney deaths is one of the most interesting thing mm. things and that was not on there right so my Only mom that, just told like, me that for no reason she did she didn't want you to ride me. the Dumbo ride for some reason <laughs> she just didn't want to wait in line for she, 20 you know minutes what? well either that well 20 minutes that's like the shortest line you can that's get true on. but that's uh, true. I wonder if it's she was scared you to go on it by yourself maybe or she was scared of it so she, she probably just didn't feel you. like taking me on the ride so she, she told you. me some it's, it's a horrid line. tale of decapitation you know it's i feel like any ride I, 
you guys can see, the listeners can't, but I'm not exactly a fit individual. Oh, no, no. A- any no. ride that I could probably jog faster than, I don't think can decapitate anyone. Yeah. No, but it, it like flew off the thing. Like it, it was a, you know. Oh, yeah. We we know know it would be fast to fly off it. We know what you're yeah. saying, and your mom's a liar. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I tell her that you, all the time. Yeah. So have you never been on it? I don't think I've ever been on it. Like, you know what the best part about the ride is? That fear stuck with me. What? The best part is when you're in line, right before you're about to go on, you're watching, like you're in the next group to go. They come around and they give you a, a wooden feather to hold on to. And then, because, you know, Dumbo can't fly without the feather. Wait, do they really? Yeah. They still do this? They're they like, still do that. really going the extra mile. I must not have been on it. I must only go on the Astro Orbiter. Yeah. They take it away from you. Jerks. Oh. Indian givers. Yeah. Is that racist to say? Probably. Nowadays? Probably. Yes. Okay. On well, that note. On that note. As uh, everyone knows from this being the second episode, I am going to read the Disney Wikipedia page. You're going to get informed, and then we will discuss, depending on whether we find anything interesting enough to discuss. And actually, you can't find Disney on Wikipedia. It's actually the Walt Disney Company, in case anybody wants to read at home. Um, So I'm going to get into it. I always find these little summaries at the beginning uh, interesting, and and again, feel free to uh, interrupt whenever you want. Okay, so the Walt Disney Company commonly referred to as Disney, is an American multinational diversified mass media company headquartered in Walt Disney Studios, Burbank, California, United States, which actually Wes lives in Burbank, and we're real close to that. Um, It is the largest media conglomerate in the world in terms of revenue. Founded on October 16, 1923 by Walt and Roy Disney as the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio, Walt Disney Productions established itself as a leader in the American animation industry before diversifying into live-action film production, television, and travel. Taken on its current name in 1986, the Walt Disney Company expanded its existing operations and also started divisions focused upon theater, radio, music publishing, and online media. In addition, it has created new divisions in the company in order to market more mature content than it typically associates with its flagship family-oriented brands. And, of course, Mickey Mouse is the official mascot of the Walt Disney Company. So that's their little summary. Is that a tattoo of your dog? It is. You've never seen it? I've had this. Oh, yeah. I just put two and two together. You don't look at my body it in all class, makes sense I guess. Now. <laughs> um, okay, I didn't know it was the largest media conglomerate in the world in terms of revenue. I mean, it make, yeah. I guess it makes sense. It's a big company. I mean, <laughs> with, I mean it's ESPN, ABC, you know, yeah, all their movie divisions. I mean, they were, you know, they used to own Miramax. I mean, it's... Yeah, they pretty much run it, everything. Yeah, and I remember there was a time I thought, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the page, where they weren't doing so well, and they started selling off everything, like Miramax mm. and things. But uh, I know I know we're getting there. What I find most interesting is what's coming up, and um, and I realize that uh, if, if people start listening to this podcast more, everybody should take a shot every time I say the word interesting, <laughs> and you will be flat off your ass drunk like Caitlin is right now. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to, uh, to work against it, but you know. 1923 to 1928, the silent era. In early 1923, Kansas City, Missouri animator Walt Disney created a short film entitled Alice's Wonderland, which featured child actress Virginia Davis interacting with animated characters. Film distributor Margaret J. Winkler contacted Disney with plans to distribute a whole series of Alice comedies based upon Alice's Wonderland. The contract signed, Walt and his brother Roy Disney moved to Los Angeles. On October 16, 1923, they officially set up shop in their uncle Robert Disney's garage. 
mm-hmm. marking the beginning of the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. Within a few months, the company moved into the back of a realty office in downtown Los Angeles, where production continued on the Alice comedies until 1927. In 1926, the studio moved to a newly constructed studio facility on Hyperion Avenue in the Silver Lake District of Los Angeles, which and is where we are right now. That's uh, Gelson's now. It's a Gelson's. Is it really? Used to be... yeah, it's a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're Gelson's not at now. Gelson's right now. We're in my house. No, but, but we're, we're very close to it. <laughs> we're very close. I wish I we were at Gelson's. I didn't know that was the Gelson's. The right, yeah. right there across from Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that used a... to be the first oh, Disney wow. studio. There's, a, yeah. uh, there's a, a plaque outside on a lamppost. And if you go inside the Gelson's, they have a photo of the original studios. I used to live right there, like Hyperion and Griffith Park, mm-hmm. and um, I used to live in uh, the Snow White Cottage. I, I was oh, really? just going to say that, yeah. The, yeah. They, uh, the, they had the animators come, and they used to they lived there because it was so close to the studios, and they ended up using the, the design of the cottages for, for Snow, Snow White, White. Snow, Seven yeah. Dwarfs. It's oh, wow. really yeah. awesome. It's like a little, it's just the cutest place. Yeah. Elliot Smith used to live there, too. Oh, way to bring it down. I know. <laughs> LA he didn't space. commit suicide there. So. All right, that's fine. But but are the cottages still the cottages are cottages still there? Are, yeah, they they were used in um okay they were used in the Muppets I believe um when they when the 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 new Muppets movie um oh, with Jason Segel they go to visit Muppet Studios and they go to Kermit the Frog's old office and they find they Walter the Muppet hears about the nefarious plans and whatever but um the exterior for that I believe is the Snow White. Cottages. They also filmed um, Mahone Drive there. Oh, really? The scene where the they're going through that apartment building and they find that like dried up corpse in bed <laughs> or whatever. That's very Disney. Yeah, Mahone that- Drive and Muppets, pretty similar movies that I both love, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Um, I'm surprised that they tore the studios down and put a Gelson's, but maybe at the time that they did that, it wasn't like oh my god Disney you know no. uh, history. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So uh, that's cool. I didn't I didn't know about the Gelson's thing. I'm going to continue not to go there, but when I drive really by, expensive. yeah, Gelson's, oh, geez. After the demise of the Alice comedies, Disney developed an all-cartoon series starring his first original character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Before we go into Oswald, okay. actually, the Alice stuff, those are actually really cool. Um, that was, I, I feel like they were kind of behind, uh, behind ahead of their time. Mm. Um, I've never seen them. They're cool. I, ha- I have DVDs with them, and I'm more than happy to show you. Oh, crap. I would love that. Yeah, it's, they're really cool. Um, they, they actually had – they did it for like four years, three or four years, um, and they started when they were in Missouri, and then they continued doing it uh, here in Los Angeles. And um, eventually the little girl got too old, so they had to get a new Alice. So they actually – as you watch the Alice comedy series, it changes to a little girl who looks very different from the first one. first one was adorable, though. Virginia well, the first Davis. one was a black girl. <laughs> no, no, kidding. no. She's she's very cute. Um, and there's some of them. It's interesting because some of them aren't don't have very much animation, if any animation at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them do, but um, but you know, it's like you know, sixty, uh, roughly sixty years before Roger Rabbit, or sixty five years before Roger Rabbit. But that's roughly the same idea. It's a real person interacting with cartoon characters, cartoon animals. And I, you know, before reading this, I had no idea that one of their first things had anything to do with Alice in Wonderland. And I love Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've yeah. never seen the Alice. They're not really Alice in Wonderland, to be honest. Um, is it supposed to be the same character of Alice, though, or is it not even Alice? They don't from... really, they don't really delve into that. I mean, she doesn't. Oh, really? She okay. doesn't. Look, she definitely doesn't look like the classic Disney Alice because you know that was decades later. But. Um, well, it says here based upon Alice's Wonderland, so I guess that's right. where I got it. But when you but when you watch them, it's like she's on a train, and none of the characters really resemble. Like you know, she's not necessarily interacting with 
the queen of hearts and croquetting with flamingos or whatever. Um, it's they're they're all like there's one that's a western and it's a bunch of kids putting on a show for other kids dressed up in western costume. Man, that has nothing to do with with Wonderland. They're all kind of different. The first cosplay <laughs> is it cosplay or cosplay? Cosplay. Cosplay. I mean, I, I just know. wanted to say that. Cool cosplay. <laughs> Cosplay. 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 It's very Cosplay. interesting, Alan. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's, like, one where she goes to the zoo, one where it's, like, it's a old West thing. There's all, all one where she's on a train. Okay. So, they're not all really... Well, I'll have to invade your privacy and Can you get these on DVD? Or can, are they easy to find? Or do you have to, you know... Wes had them before they were cool. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they, they put out... Uh, several years ago, they started putting out these um, limited edition sets. They came in tins. And they were called Walt Disney Treasures. And they were all limited. They're all numbered. And um, you'd buy them. And inside the tin would be a DVD case with two DVDs. And some sort of um, promotional, you know, like a lobby card or a a sketch or you know a reproduction of a sketch of something and um these things sold really really fast and um now they're all out of print um mm-hmm. they've pretty much stopped doing it. they haven't put out a treasures disc in quite a while i think the last one was zorro season two and even that's really expensive to get so you you can still buy them if you go on amazon you can buy them some of them are cheap because they weren't as popular i think the the one with the alice comedies is on the disney rarities disc um and you probably could get that for 20, 30 bucks at this point. Uh, but some of them are incredibly hard to get and they go for hundreds of dollars. So is there one that you're actually trying to get? I'm trying to get, I actually want to get all of them to be honest with you. Um, they, they did a special set for the, uh, Disney fan club mm-hmm. that, um, which Wes and I are both members of. Ooh, by the way. Decl- Caitlin, are you a member? I am not. I didn't you guys so. really fucking love. Disney. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're pretty into it. I'm just discovering we, this. But there, there's some people that are like, crazy yeah like you you go to disneyland and they're like elbowing people out of the way to get merchandise or whatever that's a little too far for us but um but yeah so they did a special set with almost all of the sets all but like four of the sets uh all packaged together in one thing and i've been like saving my money forever so if anybody wants to help me get this set um you can send uh disney gift cards to me i was gonna look this up but (laughs) The Disney, the Disney treasures. No, I was. I just realized that you just asked people to send you stuff. Oh yeah, send me some money. No, I was gonna say I was. Uh, I was gonna look up on Instagram, but I was like, ah, screw it. Um, I, I have some Instagram uh, followers and that I follow that basically seem like they're at Disney every day. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, every day. You're the. You're fucking at. I'm not. At, I'm at Disney maybe once a month, and I can't even <laughs> go because I have. I only month, have the SoCal um, resident pass. I there, wish I could do that. There's actually a couple who. Um, I don't know if they were a couple before this or if they were just friends or if they're, I'm not hundred percent sure they're actually a couple, but they're friends <laughs> at least. Uh, Are they friends with benefits? They may- Let's get more into this. Well, I don't know. I've never been on the small world. Let's discuss their personal <laughs> the, sexual. They are, as of this year, they were unemployed and they decided they were going to, they were going to go to Disneyland every single day for the year. And last I heard, they were still on track with their record. I don't know how they're like eating they're unemployed and they're, they're un- going to They're unemployed. They're unemployed and going to Disneyland every single day. They're going to probably set some sort of record, I imagine. But That's that's cool. I mean, it's cool and it's un- un- uncool just because it's like, well, how are you affording this? But if they can make it work. Yeah, I have no um, idea. I mean, they may be living out of their car, I don't know. That is that's You know what? I don't have any comment on this. So they're they're choosing <laughs> to 
to just spend all their money on Disneyland? Like, I guess. I mean, they have the pass, so you know. Once you, oh, they have the pass. Okay. Once you pay for that, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yolo, well, guys. You know. I've had Yolo. Yolo. I didn't know what that was until like three weeks ago. Oh, really? I kept seeing it all over the internet. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's this big huge thing now. Which it's is you hilarious. only live once, right? Yeah, it's okay. super ridiculous. What's the origin funny. of that? I'm sorry. It's um, a- I don't know. It's all over Tumblr. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a 16 year old girl thing, and then all us uh, uh, cool kids are using it in uh, irony. I think mm-hmm. I think Lindsay Lohan coined it in uh, Disney's. Uh, Herbie fully loaded. I, did she really? No, did no, she? no, not at all. Oh, I was I just trying say, to bring it I back. Really never use it again. No, I was just trying to bring it back to Disney. Okay, let's get into Oswald the Rabbit here. Love Oswald. Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, after the demise of the Alice comedies, Disney developed an all-cartoon series starring his first original character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which was distributed by Winkler Pictures through Universal Pictures. Disney only completed 26 Oswald shorts before losing the contract in February 1928 when Winkler's husband, Charles Mintz, took over the distribution company. Mintz hired away all of Disney's animators except Ub Iwerks to start his own animation studio. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's like a really nice way to tell that story. It actually is kind of Well, it's the nasty. Walt Disney Wikipedia page, but if I love if there's nasty stuff. Yeah, like absolutely. Um, so... This guy's office, uh, this this producer, um, and it's through Universal, basically. And his office, I believe, was in New York. And so Disney went to New York to try to renegotiate more higher pay for him and the animators. He wanted to renegotiate his contract. So he goes out to renegotiate his contract for higher pay, and Mintz tells him he has to take a 20% cut. 20%. And, you know, it's like 1928, so... Times are tough, uh, so Walt said, "I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm. I just want to animate for you." And he's like, "Fine." Mince is like, "Fine. I, I've got Oswald." So Disney gets on a train and heads back to Los Angeles. And while he's on that train, he sketches the first Mickey Mouse. Is it? And you know this for that's real. Fine. Really? Yeah, oh, that's, that's, real. that's that's really cool. That yeah. is cool. And then the rest is history. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, that's a, I just waved end. for some reason. I'm not sure what I did. Um, and then another thing that I, I mentioned here is Ub Iwerks, which mm. I, let, let's find out. Kaylin, have you ever heard of Ub Iwerks? No. And it's a man, not a company. I, I have Ub, no idea what you're talking about. Ub Iwerks is basically the co-creator of what would become, you know, everything he, that he, Disney was. He drew like everything i mean he was he's if you watch any old disney stuff uh, his his hand is in everything so your story is that walt disney drew mickey mouse first yeah yeah he came up with the if you look at mickey and oswald which which uh, by works was also did uh, oswald as well yeah. if you look at them the if you put them side by side which now you can there's a really cool story about oswald coming back to disney but um they look really really similar okay because what I heard was that Ub Iwerks um, is, you know, he was just drawing a bunch of different things and one was a mouse. and Just a bunch of different animals. And then um, yeah. it was uh, Mortimer Mouse. Mortimer Mouse. And then there was Disney's wife who said, call it Mickey yeah, Mouse. Yeah, Mickey. Something like that. I, I, the legend as I heard it was that Disney sketched this out on his way back mm-hmm. from, from New York. That's the legend yep. that I've heard. I mean, 
It could be anything. I mean, right. either way, a Bioworks is never like a lot of people don't know who he is. Right. How, how, it's Ub. It's Ub. Ub. Yeah. Ub. There's yeah. a lot of uh, different ways because some people call him because I think somewhere it says UB like U dot B dot Ub. But it's uh, I read somewhere that his granddaughter says it's Ub. Ub. Yeah, right. I mean it the rhymes Disney with tub. The Disney okay. people say Ub when you when they yeah. talk about him. So I'm sure. That, Ub, and there's I and work. there's stuff all over the parks. Related to Ubiworks, you know, he's got windows and there's references to, to him in the rides. And there's some question about whether um, the the U dot B dot thing is a, is referenced in uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Mm-hmm. One of the train cars is like "You be brave" or something like that, and it's U dot B dot. Oh, there's that makes so that would make sense. So many hidden things in Disneyland. Yeah, and that's like, a lot of fun uh, yeah. trying to find the hidden Mickey's and and uh, all that whatnot. And the um, there's cats. Yeah, I was, was going to tell that story. Yeah, they Disney. come in at night, don't they? And I think they, I've seen them during the day, too. They, oh, really? They tend to lay low during the day. I think they sleep a lot during the day. They actually feed I read them, an though, article right? about it. They, yeah, they take care of them. They, they leave food out for them. I heard, I don't, I've never actually seen this, but I heard that they, uh, they put saucers out on, on some of the rides. So, like, on top of the queue for... Or maybe the loading dock for the Jungle Cruise, which is my favorite ride, that they put a I don't know why, but, you know, to each his own. If I saw a cat at Disneyland, I'd lose my shit. It would just be the cutest thing. I We've been on the tram before, and we've seen some different animals. We've seen possums and stuff. But we've seen a cat leading a bunch of kittens. Oh, my God. It's adorable. That's so fucking cute. It's funny, too, though, because their mascot is a mouse. Right. Well, the cats leave the mice alone. They just eat the rats. Mm. So, so they say. Yeah, yeah that's. What, I gonna, heard that's what they do. They eat the rats. I'm gonna call they, bullshit on that because I'm. No, it's sure. true. That is why they let they it's leave true, them there. Though, Alan. Is because they keep the Come rat on. population under control. Yeah, and that's why they they allow the cats to stay yeah, there. But they're gonna eat mice too. Uh, you know. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> the point being, Ubiworks was a big, huge part. Yeah, of absolutely of Disney. He was the main animator. Yeah. And um, and uh, there's a documentary that I have not seen. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, called The Hand Behind the Mouse, The Ub Iwerks Story, which was released in 1999. And um, I, I think it's part of the Walt Disney Treasures uh, Wave 7 series. Mm. And I think that because I wrote that down. Okay. Um, but that's interesting. That's actually something I'd be I'd actually want to watch. The Treasures or that, that specific? No, the Ub Iwerks documentary. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have not seen that one. Okay. And the Disney Treasures is the one that you wanted to yeah, else? yeah, I have some of them. I have uh, so eventually you'll get it, and then I'll watch it. In theory, oh, and I think the documentary was actually created by Iwerks's granddaughter, Leslie Iwerks. Hmm. So, so you know, it's close to home. Yeah. Um, oh, just to just to go on the the whole Oswald thing. So, Universal had the rights to they owned Oswald for decades and decades and decades, and mm-hmm. then um, a few years ago, Disney owns ABC. Disney made a deal with Universal to get Oswald back. And in order to do that, they traded Al Michaels' contract, that football commentator, they traded his contract to NBC Universal in exchange for getting Oswald oh, back. Oh, really? And so they traded a human being for a cartoon character. I think that I would have gone with the cartoon character. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't watch sports. So. Like so. Mickey's older brother, basically. Which one's Al Michaels? Al Michaels, he was uh, Monday Night Football. And now he he does a commentary for uh, Sunday Night Football on NBC. I'll continue not to care. 
Um, anyway, that's you a, asked. That is a pretty interesting story, though. Um, interesting. Mm. That story. Very interesting, interesting. That story is. Okay, 1928 to 1934, Mickey Mouse and Silly Symphonies. In 1928, to recover from the loss of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks created Mickey Mouse. Disney's first sound film, Steamboat Willie, a cartoon starring Mickey, was released on November 18, 1928. Do you know what happened 50 years later from that exact date? Mm-mm. Anybody? Any guesses? Tell us, Alan. Little Baby Me was born. No, that's cute little baby me. That's cute. So I was, uh, yeah, I was born on uh, the release of uh, basically the cre- the uh, birth, as they call it, of Mickey Mouse because it was his first release. You know what also happened the day of my birth? Tell us. Jonestown Massacre. Oh. Um, 900 people committed suicide. Uh, well, awesome. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Back to Disney. Let's talk about Jonestown Massacre. Uh, that would be an interesting subject. Yeah. It? Um, I've watched several documentaries. I have too. It's have horrifying. Really? Yeah, it is pretty horrifying, and mainly only because I was born on that same day. So yeah, you always find was, things interesting. It's that, pretty you know. much your fault. Yeah, but um, it was the first Mickey Mouse re- cartoon released, but the third to be created behind Playing Crazy and the Galloping Gaucho. Steamboat Willie was an immediate smash hit, and its initial success was attributed not just to Mickey's appeal as a character, but to the fact that it was the first cartoon to feature synchronized sound. Disney used Pat Powers' Cinephone system created by Powers using Lee DeForest's Phonofil system. Sorry, I, I don't know why I found that funny. Steamboat Willie premiered at B.S. Moss's Colony Theater in New York City, now the Broadway Theater. Playing Crazy and the Galloping Gaucho were then retrofitted with synchronized soundtracks and re-released successfully in 1929. Have you seen all these? Yeah, I, I think of the three, Steamboat Willie is my favorite. Um he play he plays uh, turkey in the straw on a bunch of animals and he swings his cat around by a tail and it cracks me up every time I see it. But uh playing so crazy. Anim- animal abuse. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. there are more than one there's more than one Steamboat Willie? No, 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 there's there's one Steamboat Willie. They're all Mickey Mouse cartoons. Then there's another one called Playing Crazy where he tries to imitate Charles Lindbergh. And that one actually um by having his kid kidnapped? You no, just he like musses Mickey up Mouse his hair and wants he, he gets a plane. Yeah. And solves uh, it. There's a great the there's a great moment where he uses a wiener dog to basically pilot to run the end the propeller on his plane. But there's something really creepy about playing crazy. Um he gets awfully handsy with Minnie against her will in that cartoon. Oh. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. You should definitely check it out. The Galloping Gaucho is okay. It's not as good as the other two. Animal abuse and sexual harassment. Yeah. Sexual assault. Sexual assault, sorry. Yeah. I mean, she, she, you know. She deserved so it. He, no, she, no, 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 no. She, she was, was asking for she it. She was asking for it. She yeah. takes care Come of him. On. She she punches Wait, him in the head. She, she takes, wears a cute... Oh, no. you oh, yeah, said yeah, yeah. she takes care of him. I not thought. like that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't, you know. Uh, I, I, that's interesting. That's because some it of is. these early cartoons, uh, um, especially Dumbo and, and all these and Pinocchio, they're crazy. Very dark. They're, they're, Disney was really, really dark back in the day. Like, I mean, even I mean, even some of the more recent stuff. I mean, you can watch the how the you know the villain gets taken care of in Tarzan is pretty. It's pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame also pretty graphic. They they used fire a lot in those movies. So. Well, fire does mean sin and lust. I, I'm not sure if either of those are true. But all the, you know, like the early Disney films were pretty scary. It's, you know, it's scary to watch as a kid because a lot well, of them Well, when you involved... have a mother that says that Dumbo decapitated Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> but, um, I, like, you know, a lot of them had to do with, like, losing a parent, 
parents were always dying, you know, like Bambi, yeah. for instance, and Dumbo, right? Am very I, few. Very, no, you're right. Very few of the the Disney um, characters, princesses especially, have um, both parents alive, if any parents alive at all. Yeah. Um, or they're or they're tragically separated from said parents if they mm-hmm. do have them. Yeah. It's, well, that's, so it's scary. Uh, and these, that's these how are you movies rise above. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, think of Bambi. I mean, it's there's nothing. I don't want to think of Bambi, Caitlin. <laughs> I don't want to think I'm sorry. about it. I'm sorry I went down that road. The, the, the most interesting part about that is that these are toned down versions of those stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of them are um, based on, you know, like The Little Mermaid. Yeah, um, the the Little Mermaid is stuff. the most yeah. depressing shit ever. Like the actual yeah, yeah. story. Sleeping yeah. Beauty is too. Sleeping Beauty is like pretty. Yeah. It's, yes. It's pretty rapey. <laughs> it really is. Well, well that's rapey? how I like it. Yeah. That's how I've I like my cartoons. I've never seen the, or never I don't know the original. Oh, he, he impregnates her while she's still asleep. Oh my god, are you serious? In the original, yeah. What is up with? Di- well, no, well, no this is these are the original oh, Grimm. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. the original versions. Uh, was uh, Sleeping Beauty Grimm as well? Oh, I don't know. Grimm's okay. Well, yes, uh, all these original fairy tales are um, pretty dark, and and Disney d- does a great job of taking the stories and turning them into happy blah blah blahs. Happy blah blah blah. Yes, yeah. but it's um, the popularity of the Mickey Mouse series and the Silly Symphony series that allowed Disney to plan their first feature-length animation. Caitlin, do you know what that is off the top of your head? Snow White. Oh, you knew it. Yeah, Boom. I was trying to embarrass you. No, it can't be done. So that brings us into Snow White, which is like the maybe one of the biggest accomplishments in cinema and. Uh, definitely an animated cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Maybe ever. Um, At least ever for animated cinema, I would, I would think. That's a, that's a bold statement. It is well, the I mean, biggest accomplishment of he, all time. Th- Disney was an innovator. He, he was all about, um, if, if it can be done better, let's find a way to do it better. Mm. Let, and if, if there isn't something, let's invent something. And so he invented the multiplane camera for Snow White. And the seven dwarves, and it w- basically allowed them to draw individual layers of a, of scenery, and then they could move the camera to each layer. They could actually move it toward. So it looked like it had more so, depth. So it, like it had more depth, and the, and basically the camera was going through the trees into the pasture toward the cottages, and it was it was a, a huge accomplishment. And and the the camera, the design for it is is massive. I mean, it's. Um, I have no. I mean, it's it's got to be incredibly, incredibly heavy, and it's it's a pretty big structure. Um, it's probably about as wide as an average door, maybe a little bit taller than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the planes sit kind of toward the bottom, and the camera hangs above it, um, directly, you know, generally centered to to the drawings. And then they can move it up and down. They can crank it up and down. It's pretty. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's a. He basically he invented a new camera for animation, and it, it, it changed the game. So 1934 to 1945, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and World War II. Deciding to push the boundaries of animation even further, Disney began production of his first feature-length film in 1934, taking three years to complete Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Based upon the Grimm Brothers fairy tale, premiered in December 1937 and became highest-grossing film of that time, by 1939, 
Snow White was released through RKO Radio Pictures, which had assumed distribution of Disney's product in July of 1937. And one thing uh, that you probably uh, know about, Wes, uh, not you, Caitlin, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything. I don't anything. know anything. But um, exactly. But Disney hoped to expand the studio by moving it to features. And Snow White, I think he thought it would be $250,000 mm-hmm. to make. And it ended up being like $1.5 million almost. Mm-hmm. And he had to mortgage his house, I heard. I, I mean, I don't know if this is 100% true, but but this is all stuff I read, so it must be true. He had to mortgage <laughs> his house to help finance it. And um, in 1937, $1.5 million. That's, yeah, it's crazy by today's standards. Is, yeah, that's a lot of uh, money. And apparently Roy, his brother, and his wife attempted to talk, talk him out of it and ended up being called Disney's Folly. But ended up making like somewhat like $8 million. At the box office, oh, yeah. which, which again, by today's standards, is eight whole million yeah, dollars. But that's all, yeah, for it's sure. A lot. You, for even back if it then. costs one point five million to make eight million, is is a shit ton of money. Well, and yeah. you think about now. I mean, you know, we have we have the luxury of you know we had VHS and Beta, and now we have DVDs and hard drives and things. But back then, all they could do is just re-release movies in the theaters. So that movie came back out in theaters over and over again, and yeah. just kept making money. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you done? That was it. <laughs> Sorry, were you were you talking? The premier, actually, the premiere of Snow White. If you can, if you ever get to see like footage, like newsreel footage or whatever of the of the premiere, it was at the uh, it was like in December at the Carthy Circle Theater, and there's Christmas trees and dwarves dr- dancing around the Christmas trees and stuff. It was kind of kind of bizarre, <laughs> really. <laughs> well, and the costumes back then, you know, yeah, they're not like when you go to the theme parks now and the costumes look really good. They look really similar to the cartoons. These were kind of crude, kind of kind of freaky. Um, where did where did you see this? Um, I don't know. I'm news, sure I've seen it. I'm, I'm very yeah. You I mean you know you probably pop in the Snow White Blu-ray or something. It's probably got footage on there. I may have seen it on one of the Treasures discs. I don't know. Okay, because that would be fun to watch. And then using the profits from Snow White, Disney financed the construction of a new 51-acre studio complex in Burbank, California. The new Walt Disney Studios, in which the company is headquartered to this day, was completed and opened for business by the end of 1939. The following year, Walt Disney Productions had its initial public offering. Yeah. The, what's the building that's really cool? Um, the Walt Disney Building that you, when you go down the five or the one thirty four, I forget which one it is. Yeah, and it has uh, all the characters. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple of them. Um, there's one that has the seven dwarves are basically the pillars that hold up the building. I don't know the name of that building. They all are generally like named after somebody. Like uh, where the archives are is the uh, Frank uh-huh. G. Wells Building. That's well, why they also have multi plane. I feel there's like a really uh, cool one that's like shaped weird. It's well, not the. Am I, am I thinking of the concert hall? You might be. Yeah, you're. The that's hall the Frank weird, Gary. For sure. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Although uh, there's across the street from the main studios lot is where the new animation building is. The old animation building is where the you know where they originally built. But then across the street where they have ABC um, Studios or the ABC building, I should say, they also have the new animation studio, and they have a um, giant Mickey sorcerer hat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can probably see that from the highway. I think I remember when they added those dwarfs oh, really? to the building. <laughs> I was a kid, and it was like a really big deal. Yeah, that's it's like that's right next to the old animation building where Walt's office used to be. Mm-hmm. But you weren't allowed to go to the, the building because your mom said there were little rapists. She said I would get uh, decapitated <laughs> by one of the seven dwarfs. I think it was Sleepy. <laughs> so the studio continued releasing animated shorts and features such as Pinocchio in 1940, Fantasia in 1940, Dumbo was in 1941, and Bambi was 1942. Oh, Bambi! Aww. Aww. After World War II <laughs> began, box office profits declined. 
When the United States entered the war after the attack on Pearl Harbor, many of Disney's animators were drafted into the armed forces. The U.S. and Canadian governments commissioned the studio to produce training and propaganda films. By 1942, 19, by 1942, get your shit together, Alan. Come on. Oh, the beauty of editing. <laughs> by, I'm going to sound like a genius. <laughs> by 1942, 90% of its 550 employees were working on war-related films, films such as the feature Victory Through Air Power and the short Education for Death, both in 1943, were meant to increase public support for the war effort. Even the studio's characters joined the effort as Donald Duck appeared in a number of comical propaganda shorts, including the Academy Award-winning Der Fuhrer's Face in 1943. That's awesome. Did you, you saw it? Yeah, I, that's just one of those I have on DVD. It's it's Donald as a as a Nazi is pretty. It's a it's a weird. It's well, a basically, weird he's like having a nightmare that he's working for Hitler. Or he, he's he, a Nazi. I feel like right? I've seen that yeah. before too. I think you can I see remember, it on YouTube. Um, like I remember Comedy Central. A while ago, or Adult Swim, a while a while ago. I'm sorry. I'm so, okay. Now I'm fucking up. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> Cartoon Network. Like a couple years ago, ran a thing of like um, kind of risque, old risque cartoons mm-hmm. that were kind of mm-hmm. you know people don't really show anymore. And I think that was one of them yeah. that they showed, like really rare kind of taboo cartoons from the I mean, well, 30s and 40s. Disney Disney was a he loved his country. He was, uh, he was, but wasn't really... he an answer? No, 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 no. That's, no he that's was very, that's one of those myths. Come on. No, no, no. He was, no, he, he was, was totally, no, he actually, he, um, in world war one, he was only 16 years old. He, uh, lied about his age and they faked his passport the birthday on his passport. So he could enlist in the army early. Yeah. He made even it like he was too young. 19 something is instead it, of, he made it a year early. It's like 1900 instead of 1901. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so it said he was 17 instead of 16, which allowed him to enlist. And he became, um, he worked in uh, as in the ambulance part of uh, the Red Cross during World War One. Uh, he was he was really really um, pro America, and a lot of the stuff that you hear, you know, yeah. How did I, I those rumors know. get started? That he well, was a, that, well, that's I what I've heard my whole things. life that he was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, I think there's two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, because it's it's possible people confuse Defuer's face because Donald Duck is dressed as a Nazi, and maybe just saw images of that. Well, there, and and there, then the rumor spread. Well, there's a lot of that like McCarthy era stuff yeah. where they were trying to root out, you know, people who are communist or people, you know. He, but why did why I think what was a specific? I'm pretty sure. And and tell me if I'm mm-hmm. I'm right or wrong here. Uh, I th- I remember reading that he was friends with people who before this whole you know before World War II hmm. um, were kind of into the whole Nazism um, oh. politics of it all, saying you know hey this might be something that's actually works, something that's interesting. And he was friends with these people, hmm. but this was before Hitler. You know, and and killing Jews and stuff, and so if that's true, people might just be like, "Oh, if he was friends with these people, um, maybe he was into it too." Yeah, I mean, that, that there may be that. I don't know that. I do know mm-hmm. that um, he was very concerned with um, people in Hollywood and in America being subversive, and um, I think that there was, you know, there definitely was, um, you know, anti-Jew sentiment even in the united states not not like the nazis but um i think there was um unfounded concern mm-hmm. um you know turn not turn of the century but you know in in the 30s and 40s 
And I think that that is, personally, I think that that is misconstrued as him being um, somebody who hated Jews, which if you look at the history, you know, he was very, very close to a lot of Jewish people. He worked with a lot of Jewish people. And it seems, to me at least, it seems kind of absurd, this idea that he's extremely close, like family with these people, but somehow he hates them. I mean, it's possible. Well, I don't know. we do run Hollywood. <laughs> it always right. is. Yeah, that, that rumor always made me uncomfortable. You know, like I love Disneyland. I, I love Disney movies, but that always made me yeah. a little bit, you know, if I don't know if it was true or not, but it just always well, kind of made me feel a little weird about. If you, whole, you know, it, whether I guess it's not, it's more he hated the rumor is more that he didn't like Jews rather than he was a Nazi or anything. Right. That's still pretty bad, though. Yeah, That's but still who knows if it's, I mean, bad. honestly. It's probably not substantiated. It's unsubstantiated. For sure. Um, There's no for sure reason why this would be true because I did read up on it and I couldn't really find anything. To kind of get back to your your, uh, propaganda thing, um, there's some really interesting – he actually did some stuff. They did – Disney Studios did um, propaganda for Canada during this time and they used like the three little pigs which were, um, you know – that was a huge thing. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? And so the wolf, of course, is is are the Nazis, and so they're using the the, the pigs, the three little pigs, as every man, and in this case, every Canadian. And you could go into the bank and you could get war bonds, and that's basically how they were selling war bonds. Was they were used, and they eventually used uh, the dwarfs were a big part of the war bond effort. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it was it's really interesting. Um, they basically during that time period. Most of what Disney was doing was essentially propaganda for they were basically working for the for the u s government at that point um, and funny enough uh, it, it, this isn't propaganda well, it could be pro- propaganda, but uh, they did a lot of educational films mm-hmm. and there's one that I actually watched on YouTube last night, mm-hmm. which you can watch on YouTube and you should because it's actually pretty adorable mm-hmm. uh, in 1946 they made a film called The Story of Menstruation. Oh, I need one. to tell me all about this. Yes, please. I need to learn story, about that. You can, and like I said, look it up on YouTube. It's oh, I there. Will. You can watch it. It's like a ten-minute film. Anything it's like, about menstruation, I will watch. <laughs> I just want to. Put well, that you out know what, there. Caitlin, you're learning oh. about your body. I am. I'm still learning. I need to. They did. They did. Um, they, did they did some that are still shown in in schools. Oh really? Um, yeah, they did. Uh, <laughs> That'd be funny. I think a nineteen forties film that's still shown in schools. I think <laughs> they do. I think they do one on vaccination still that's shown in schools, and um, and it's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's it's definitely an educational thing. But I was watching it and I was like, this is actually a pretty good little little film. They they did uh, that. They did one on um, malaria. <laughs> they did. Uh, I don't know all, why that's funny. All right, funny. Too, all right at the same know. time. Um, and then they, you know, they did they did some other educational things too, like history of music, yeah. and, and things like that. With well, you know what? Characters. That's all like educational. Who cares about that when you can go watch the story of menstruation? Yeah, that's educational. Well, what what happens exactly, and what's the story? It's it's basically it discusses the female reproductive system, um, and follows the development from baby to womanhood okay. or to motherhood, actually, uh, through animation and diagrams and stuff like I that. I assume none of the uh, main characters are involved in this. I don't, you know what though? Actually, if you watch it, one of them looks suspiciously like Cinderella uh, when she was. Interesting. I, it's, I, it, was it Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? No, Cinderella when she was um, 
you know, being bossed around at the beginning. Her hair's right. down and her hair's down, brown. It looks uh, especially like her, uh, suspiciously like her. And um, it's brought to you through the courtesy of Kotex products. Hmm. Nice. I'm going to skip some of this post-war and television stuff on this page. But one thing that I don't want to skip over is Song of the South, 1946. <laughs> one of the movies that you cannot find on DVD um, mm-hmm. unless you have a bootleg. Right. Uh, did you see Song of the South? No. Uh, do you know about it? No. Have you ever- oh, Guys, my goodness I told gracious. You, I don't, don't know anything. Have you Tell ever me. been on Splash Mountain? Oh, yeah. Splash I- Mountain is basically Song of the South, the ride. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tar babies and everything. No, well, oh. it's honey. Yeah. It's honey on Wait, the Wait, is it a racist movie? It's a very yeah. racist film. Well, here's the thing. It's a product of its time. Right. That's, that's what I think. And it's based on Uncle, I think Uncle Remus. Uncle Remus. Story, or something yeah. like that. It's an Uncle Remus story. Yeah. And um, just basically very, it's, it's, it's racist. Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear, yeah. Br'er Rabbit, and the Tar Baby. I mean, it's very. They said Tar Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. an actual oh, Tar Baby. Yeah, there's actual ba- like they have a ruse where the baby is made out of tar, and uh, and Br'er Rabbit gets angry because it won't answer him when he's talking to it. He's like, you know, how you do? And then the thing <laughs> doesn't talk to him. And he gets mad, so he he punches it, and his hand gets stuck, and then he kicks it, and then his feet get stuck, and before he knows it, he's completely covered in tar, and he can't get away from well, the that's fox just, and the bear. Um upsetting <laughs> well here's that's the thing but it is upsetting. a product of its time it's part of its time still, and i think they should still release it because shitty. it's one of those things where it's like you can explain to your kids why things are wrong if you wanted to right but still i mean they're never gonna they're probably never gonna release it well and it's a, what possessed them to make something like that well, i think well i mean part what of it year is did it come out part of it is it's it's, it's part live action part animated mm-hmm. um again he's mixing real people with animation there's some segments where it's all animation but then there's a few segments where there's people with the animation but um it's actually about a story um about this little boy's family who comes to live with his grandmother in the south and they live on i don't know if it's exactly a plantation um, it's definitely that era. I'm pretty sure it's a plantation. I, yeah, they definitely have black servants, and all of the servants in the black community live in like shacks, like down the road, and they like hang out around campfires, kind of in vans down by the river. Yeah, it's kind of like a swampy, kind of almost like a Louisiana thing. Um, and they sit around the campfire, and the there's sort of this old black sage who entertains the kids with these stories of Br'er Rabbit. The thing about the stories is. They all relate to what this little boy is going through. His father leaves him and his mother at this home, and uh, he's experiencing being bullied by other kids. He's experiencing the desire to run away from home and find his father. And so this this old man tells him these stories, and this little kid befriends this man, and he tells him these stories about Br'er Rabbit. And he does it under the guise of, oh, it's time for another story. But what he's really doing is he's seeing what this kid's going through and this pain that this little this little boy's and I'm I'm maybe making it a little more dramatic than it really is because it's a 1940s film and you know they're pretty cheesy. All you, all you need to know is that it's a good old romp. Well, he sees yeah, he sees what this like kid's it. going sounds through, really... and he tells these stories that actually relate to what the kid's going through and help him make the right decision. And that's that's what's behind it. Now, the era that this takes place in does not lend itself so well to today's eye today's message and so i think it's i think it's difficult for people to swallow i think it's well yeah of course i mean yeah. it's 
I don't know. And so they base Splash Mountain off of that? Yeah. Zippity-Doo-Dah. You've heard Zippity-Doo-Dah. That's, yeah. from, that's from Song of the South. It's just, it's almost shocking that they would kind of... You know what? I never thought about that. Because, yes, I knew Splash Mountain was based on it. But to actually, they made a ride based on a movie that is they're racist. not going to release. You're coming, out of, you're coming out of Splash Mountain, and they're doing Zippity-Doo-Dah, and there's like the big riverboat. And right before you leave the ride... Mr. Bluebird is on the right-hand side of the ride with his little top hat, and he's waving to you, and it's, it looks is just like... Is he on your shoulder? In now, but he's, you know, close. Uh, still, though, I wonder... Because they could have done Splash Mountain on based on something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's so what I'm what? saying. Is it's hmm. kind of shocking, and it's kind of a little upsetting that they would try, you know, base a ride. You know what? Get over it, Caitlin. I'm not well, going to get over do, it. Do I, don't, how, I don't like it. <laughs> do you know how he gets out of the, the Tar Baby situation in the movie? Mm-mm. He says, whatever you do, don't throw me in that there briar patch because the briar patch is where his home is. And on the ride, what's, what do you do? You go up the big steep hill and you dive down into a big briar patch. Hmm. And then they take a picture of you. And they take a picture of you on your way down into the briar patch. <laughs> it's all in good fun. <laughs> so that you can have your racism forever. It's this, I wonder how many people know that, that, that. If you write Splash Mountain, you're racist. <laughs> 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 but I wonder Need how many that. people know that it's a, it's if it's, a, that it's based off something, you know, a horrible. Not many time. people, because everybody that goes to Disneyland's from Sweden or I'm, Germany. <laughs> I'm not going to compare. I don't want to say that this is equal to racism, so don't don't misunderstand me here. But it's interesting to me that for some movies, people are like up in arms if they change things about the movie. Make them whatever the director thinks is better. Um, people get up in arms about like E.T. is a really good example. Steven Spielberg takes the shotguns out of the FBI oh, and, and like agents' hands and Star puts Wars. the walkie-talkies in there. Or Star Wars is another good example. But E.T. I'm thinking specifically because it deals with kids, and people were just absolutely flipped out about him. Why would you take the guns out of that? It was made in that time. It should live in that time. And that's sort of the stance that people have. No, but I mean, that's <laughs> completely different. I, like this is Caitlin's defense is no. no, no, no. I understand the defense. I, I, I'm just saying. I think it's interesting that for some people, it's all about the history of that film, and for something like this, all of a sudden, it's well, it's not about the history of the film. It's about how it makes us feel. And exactly I, because it's yeah. it's horribly offensive and it i it, you, <laughs> i mean there is a difference between you know well, cgi that, walkie-talkies so should, and, we, should we censor huckleberry finn i mean no i'm not saying censor but i'm just saying no but we should stop we having to read that but I mean, school but I mean, do we do we, <laughs> do, we, do, we do we get rid of the Come book on. do we not make movies about it anymore i'm not I mean, saying i mean i'm not saying get rid of uh, what is it, song of the south yeah. i'm not saying get rid of song of the south because i mean it's it is a you know, well, it's pretty it much says a lot about of, our history. It has, yeah. We have gotten rid of it. it yeah, it's, I it, mean, it's been buried basically. It, it really has. I except I they made a write about it in Disneyland. I agree with you that it's racist. That's what I'm saying. Like, why make a why go sure. put forth the effort to actually make a ride based on this horribly right. offensive, hurtful, that I terrible. I feel a strongly worded thing. email in your future, huh? I feel a strongly worded email. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they have like I'm a really whole. I'm really upset, like, you guys. No. I'm I'm pretty indignant. I bet right they have now. a whole file cabinet full of yeah. angry emails about or angry letters about Splash Mountain. I agree with you. I, I think the ride is maybe over. It's a fun ride, but I understand it's, what you're saying. Um, as far as the film itself goes, I, I think it should exist. I think that, that it should be available, and I think it's um, our responsibility to teach people why it's not okay anymore. Just That's same true. I agree with that. Fan. It's good to, yeah, to teach them why this isn't okay. The more you know. <laughs> okay, well, Song of the South can be its own freaking topic, and 
in I order got to really upset. Yeah, in order to uh, <laughs> just yelled at everyone. Not make this three hours long. We had let's, to stop uh, it and calm down. And yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's all take a breath. Take Wipe a deep the blood breath. off the floor. <laughs> and uh, and let's move. You know what? Let's move straight into freaking Disneyland. Nineteen fifty five to nineteen sixty five. Disneyland. Wait, wait. When did you say nineteen fifty what? Nineteen fifty. Nineteen fifty five. Well, on Wikipedia it says nineteen fifty five to nineteen sixty six. The park opened in fifty five. Disneyland. Disneyland. In 1954, Walt Disney used his Disneyland series. Uh, apparently, Disneyland uh, was a primetime series, one of the longest-running primetime series. And I think the sh- first show that they did with the ABC network, uh, yeah. or the first regular television series. And so Walt Disney used his Disneyland series to unveil what would become Disneyland, an idea conceived out of a desire for a place where parents and children could both have fun at the same time. On July 18, 1955, Walt Disney opened Disneyland to the general public. On July 17, 1955, Disneyland was previewed with a live television broadcast ho- hosted by Ark Linkletter and Ronald Reagan. And it was live. I mean, it was like live, live. That's, like, the, that's what live television No, but I mean was. like, like <laughs> there were mistakes. Oh, and okay. he was literally – I mean, you've been to Disneyland. Mm. He literally was in one location. They would cut away to another camera live, and he would have to run – to a different location oh, to start funny. hosting somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it was... Where'd you see this? Like DVDs. Okay. And um, a major expansion in 1959 included the addition of America's first monorail system. Mm. Monorail. Monorail. What's monorail. you say? Okay. Monorail. The Simpsons. Monorail. Anybody? I don't know if I... No, yeah. That's yeah, cool. with you. Classic. In November 1965, Disney World was announced with plans for theme parks, hotels, and even a model city on thousands of acres of land purchased outside of Orlando, Florida. And I'm actually from Miami, so I used to go to Disney World all the time. Everyone I know like prefers Disney World. It's bigger. Well, it's and, bigger. Yeah. I've never been. People prefer I'm a, I'm bigger. a purist. I love Disneyland. Yeah, I'm, I, I've never actually been to Disney World. I've wanted to go, but there's something about the original that I think is... Yeah, there's this, you know... Well, I grew charm. up. I grew up with um, Disney World. So which so, do you prefer? Yeah, because you're from Florida. Well, Disney World. It's called the Magic Kingdom, which is what Disneyland is. Disneyland that's, is that's the original the Magic park. Kingdom. Yeah. Dis- so, so in Disney World, there's so many different theme parks, but right. the Magic Kingdom is basically Disneyland, and it's pretty much the same thing. Right. I mean, there's a few different rides, and I haven't been to Magic Kingdom in uh, over 12 years. Yeah. So I'm sure it's changed a lot since. What's the difference? Between Disneyland and Disney, besides well, Disney World bigger. has Epcot. Yeah, that I, that's what I think of when I think of Disney World is because, like, when I would watch those Nickelodeon shows when I was a kid, they would always show. Would they on Nickelodeon? Yeah, they would always show Disney Channel. Was it Disney Channel? Probably yeah. Disney Channel. <laughs> probably probably <laughs> like, Disney Channel. Guys, there, I'm really uh, hungover right now. I can't even think. Uh, Nickelodeon. But... Well, now is Universal. Universal Studios. They used to do like Double okay. Dare at Universal Studios, yeah. but that's a different topic altogether. You're, I guess you guys are right. I was I continue being wrong. Go on. <laughs> Go on. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but I remember they'd show the Epcot Center at the end of the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Epcot is the adult theme park because it's got the alcohol and it's got the all the kind. I want to go to the countries and you know, fuck you, mom. I don't want to go to Epcot, but it was still kind of fun. Um, and then they had MGM, uh, which is now called something else, like Hollywood Studios or Hollywood Park or some sh- stuff yeah, like that. Know. So they like all those theme parks. <laughs> MGM is bankrupt, so. Yeah. Well, that's why they changed the name. Yeah. It's not no longer called MGM. But um, they also have two Universal theme parks in, in Orlando, which are great. Um, Islands of Adventure, which at the time had Marvel stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still going to continue be, to be able to do Marvel stuff. I don't stuff. think so. Because I think um, um, the word is Disney has plans to add Marvel into the par- theme parks. I would so. think so. So I, Yeah. I mean, it disappeared from Hollywood, Universal Hollywood. 
They used to have like the Hulk and stuff like yeah. that at Universal Hollywood. They don't have any. So I don't know what the plan. I don't know if they've already changed on that Islands of Adventure, but it's a lot of fun. That, I don't know if you guys agree. Not a lot of <laughs> other places I'd rather be. Disneyland. Than Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. I love how uh, Tomorrowland is so dated now. It always cracks me up. It's supposed to be like the eighties. Yeah, it's like it's like nineteen Tomorrowland, nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six is the future. Yeah. Like it just stopped in the eighties. Well, it they has, haven't updated it. It's really it still funny. has Space Mountain and Buzz Lightyear. I mean, Space it's Mountain all futuristic awesome. type of stuff. Star Tours. Um, no, that was a long. Oh, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah, but yeah, and if we get Galaxy Far Far Away. Yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, but I don't go into Carousel. Do they still have Carousel Progress? Interventions. Or what am I thinking of? Interventions, interventions. is is horror. I hate interventions. <laughs> is that the one where you just kind of go around? It's and the one where it's like, hey guys, I'm, we're going to show you instruments from a certain brand. I forget what the brand is. If it's it's a lot of Microsoft stuff now. And it's like, really, guys, f off. Turn yeah. this into something else. Please. I have to say, there is something that's kind of cool there, and. They it's they have a um, this idea that you can barcode everything in your house mm-hmm. and uh, why would you want to do that? Because then you could have it basically set up to where your house is a computer and you have mm-hmm. everything itemized and you know like how much of something is in one place and you know where this thing is and you can access it digitally and uh, I don't know it's it's pretty cool. And interventions, interventions. I'm not going to go see it. Yeah, it's because you got to do that whole intro. And I don't care about that. I don't like Autopia. You know what? I said it. I, it Autopia, the problem That's with Autopia. That's always the one I go on last. Really? The night. It's so cute. It's cute because here's why I think it's cute. I try to bump the person in front of me. You're not supposed I'm to hitting. do that. I know you're not supposed to do that. But when I go with my roommate, um, I purposely get in the car behind him and I immediately take off so that I just bump him the whole time. I don't like breathing the carcinogens from yeah. the... Well, why the, can't those vehicles be electric? They're not fast. They're slow. It's kind of silly. Right. And the rumor is... They're changing it, right? The rumor is Autopian interventions are two of the things that will be changing. Yeah, I've I've heard that. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna happen. What's everyone's favorite ride at Disneyland? Hmm. Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Love the Jungle Cruise, which is which is strange because you're not sixty years old. <laughs> so it's strange that it's um, your favorite ride. I like the corny, the corny jokes. I like the corny jokes. If I if I if I had to work at Disneyland or I could work at Disneyland other than like giving tours or something, I would want to be a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Which I can see that. I can see why that would be fun, but there, riding it, not so much. There's a uh, well, yeah. There, I, I'm a big fan of hippos. They're fake. Um, it's all fake. That's all right. Oh, that's another thing that they have at uh, Disney World. The Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Right. With real with animals. real hippos. Yeah. Exactly. They actually have the largest. I'm a, I'm a hippo. Enthusiasts. They actually have the largest collection of Nile hippos in uh, in the United States at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Hippos go there to retire. They go to Florida to retire. It's true. And folks, that's how you stop a podcast <laughs> dead in its tracks. What? I, I like it. Uh, anyways, Jungle Cruise is <laughs> awesome. You suck. Um, there is one thing I like about Jungle Cruise because I came up with a cheesy joke. Boy. I don't know if you remember this. I think I've told you this yeah, once. I think you probably have. What is the difference between boy zebras I'm sorry, I was supposed to do this in a German accent. I already fucked up my own joke. What is what is the difference between boy zebras and girl zebras? What? Zebras. <laughs> har, har, har. No, right. And those are the quality of jokes you get on the Jungle Cruise. And yeah, that's they why. Better time on the No, and they fire, they fire the gun on the Jungle oh, Cruise. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Capcom, great. It's there's actually two rides, only two rides in the whole park that's actually piloted by a cast member and Storybook um, Village and narrated story uh, Storybook Land Canal. Storybook Canal. 
And Jungle Cruise. Uh, favorite ride, Caitlin? That's tough. Say Jungle Cruise. Mm, oh, God. Absolutely Do we not. just have to sit here for five minutes while you think <laughs> about it? And we actually, there's also California Adventure, which we we haven't discussed. I, I have never been inside California Adventure. It's been really? inside you. Okay. Inside it your heart. In, yes, <laughs> it lives inside in my heart. Inside your soul. It's weird it, again. Yeah, it lives inside my Here's body. The thing. Here's the thing. My favorite rides are actually Toy Story and California Adventure and California Screaming. We, because it's an actual. Let's, let's stick to the main park. That's What's your the thing. Ride there? That's the okay. thing. That's the thing. Those are my favorite rides, just in general. But let's get back to Disney. Okay, let's get back to me, you mm-hmm. guys. My favorite ride. I like Space Mountain a lot. One. Yeah, I mean it's old faithful. I mean, what? And old I really faithful. like Peter Pan a lot. That's too. my wife's favorite ride. It's the most popular ride in the park. Yeah, Peter it Pan. really is. Peter Pan. The line like the is always so freaking there. huge. It's just a nice. Well, it's the ride. one because you get to be you're like above a city. You're like kind of flying in it's a way. Pretty. Yeah. You know, it's and cute. It's fantastic at night. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really, I don't know. I really like Space Mountain. Space. It's that's Here's a the thing. fun one. Space Mountain is actually my favorite as well. Star Tours too. I like them all. Star Tours is really great. Excited. Now that they've redone Star Tours, I've, I've, I've seen like, it. You've been in the. Yeah, I've been, been in. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's great. And I was the rebel once. Me too. Inside Star Wars, were you? Congratulations. Yeah. Were you Caitlin? I was not. Yeah, uh, we didn't think no. so. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why Space Mountain is my favorite. One, because I love roller coasters. Um, I have a Magic Mountain season pass too, well, and it's all roller coasters. Magic Mountain is for like when you're a teenager. No, it's for everyone no. that loves roller coasters. No, yeah, it's for you know, like you need to stop going there once you're isn't about not, over the age of nineteen. Isn't Knott's Berry Farm um, Disneyland's Down syndrome brother? Is that wrong? For I me don't to know. Say? That's wrong of me to say. Uh, Let me say this: You like roller coasters? Yeah, they have a roller coaster at Knott's Berry Farm. I've been to the Hollywood, uh, the Halloween Knott's zero not to eighty scary farm in like two seconds. Really. Six seconds, probably. Still, still, I feel like I'd be cheating on Disneyland with Knott's Berry Farm. So close to it? Yeah. But here's why I like Space Mountain. Because of the pictures. Because even though it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. a, fun, yeah. it's a fun roller coaster, but, but what I do, and, and Wes, you've, you've been a part of this, and so, so does my roommate Daniel, who was on uh, the first podcast. Um, we try to do really fun pictures. Um, we did a Doctor Who-themed one where we all wore um, <laughs> Weeping, uh, Angels. Weeping Angels masks. Yeah. I've taken my shirt off of one on one, which, you should do that which on was great for everyone. Splash Mountain, <laughs> yeah, you I'm do sure. That. Splash Mountain, take my shirt off. Well, you know, there's a, there's a whole website dedicated to that. Yeah, Flash yeah. Mountain. Well, I'm on Tumblr and fuckyeadisneyland.tumblr.com uh, is a uh, fun page that I post a lot of my stuff to uh, whenever we go to Disneyland. Can I uh, go back to um, Tomorrowland? No. Yes, since you were talking no. about, it. there's actually something that I think is really cool about the design of Tomorrowland. Um, Walt Disney had this idea that uh, in the future we wouldn't be able to have land for farming. In the year 2000. Yes. Um, And so he believed that we would have to farm anywhere we could on top of buildings and things like that. And that our crops would be a, a part of the aesthetic. So when you go into Tomorrowland, a lot of the things, bushes and decorations as far as plant life go in their trees they're all things that are edible there's like sage and rosemary oh, really? and lemongrass there's a lot of citrus trees i've seen strawberries there i've it's seen bell peppers the detail there. they go into and you're allowed to eat the things if you can reach them without endangering yourself like standing mm-hmm. on a rail or something they actually encourage the guests to eat the food they they just recommend you wash it so off first so if i just fucking start eating a bush at disneyland yeah they're cool oh, that, with that sounded wrong that's it did <laughs> And yet, can I so eat right. a bush at Disneyland? Can I do that? <laughs> way, to class, way to class it up. <laughs> After way to dark. be classy, Caitlin. Caitlin, classy girl. I am a classy girl. Um, Ew. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can reach the stuff, I mean, most of the you know the herbs and things are really close to the ground, so they're easy to get to. It's the freaking citrus trees. I've tried so hard to get an orange off those things, but the the ripe <laughs> ones always seem to be too far away. I've never seen any like a uh, orange trees. Or they've anything. got like three different kinds of oranges in Tomorrowland. Wow. I've yeah, they've got, they've got lemons. I think I've seen limes there. Really? Have you picked a lemon to eat it? No, I couldn't reach. I never can seem to reach any of the lemons. ripe lemons are sour fruit. I eat lemons. Do you? I eat the lemon peel. Mm. <laughs> Interesting story. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So if you want to eat any of the fruit at Disneyland, feel free. Just wash it first. Just wash it first. I, I've been told by employees, they, they said... Oh, Cat we, urine. We, no, they said we've caught people that won't take their kids all the way to the bathroom. They'll just have them pull their pants down and, and pee in the bushes and stuff. Oh, wow. That's lovely. Do they stop them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they catch people doing this. But So they say, if you're going to eat something, mm. make sure you wash it. So, any uh, other stories about Disneyland before I move on to... Uh the Mickey Mouse Club. The only thing I've noticed with Disneyland is if you grew up here. Did you grow up here? No. No. Well, but speaking of, so where'd you grow up? I grew up here. And just just Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, where, I was born in West? Boston, but oh, I lived in Oklahoma, Utah, mostly Washington State. I didn't realize this was going to be a long. List. <laughs> it was three. It was three places. <laughs> um, but what were, what were you saying? Uh, you of, if you grew up here. If you grew up here, you fucking love. Disneyland like it's always the most magical place in the world to you mm-hmm. because I went there when I was a kid and it's yeah. like this magical land and it always will be but I've noticed with all the people I know who never went there as a kid they don't like it as much well it's you know part of growing up if it's part of your childhood and you really loved it as a child you usually still love it as an adult so it makes sense yeah I, I do have like a, a special connection to Disneyland in that um that's where we went for our honeymoon, my wife and I. Aww. So we lived in, actually at the time we lived in Louisiana, but um, we went there on our honeymoon. And then for our first anniversary, I surprised her with a trip back to the park. Aww. We went during the 50th anniversary thing. It was all very special. So, it, you know, I think it, it just depends on if if you just connect with it. Yeah. Some, yeah. some special connection. Well, also, it's it's mm-hmm. there's people who just don't like Disneyland. And I feel like it's because their souls are black. I think so too. They've they're, died a little inside they're already. They're dead inside. Yeah, because everyone I talk to is like, "Oh, I gotta wait in line. It's like thirty bucks for a churro," and they just they get really upset. Well, like you know, you, you got you know what I'm talking about. You're exaggerating. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um. Okay, let's move on a little bit. Okay. Disney okay. continued to focus its talents on television throughout the 1950s. Its weekday afternoon children's television program, The Mickey Mouse Club. Featured its roster of Young Mouseketeers, premiered in 1955 to great success, as did the Davy Crockett miniseries starring Fess Parker and broadcast on the Disneyland Anthology show. Two years later, the Zorro series proved just as popular, running for two seasons on ABC, as well as separate episodes on the Disneyland series. Despite such success, Walt Disney Productions invested little into television ventures in the 1960s, with the exception of the long-running anthology series later known as The Wonderful World of Disney. And then Disney Film Studios stayed busy, averaging five or six releases per year, while the production of shorts slowed significantly during the 50s and 60s. Films like Lady and the Tramp came out, Sleeping Beauty. Love that movie. uh, Sleeping Beauty in 1959, and 101 Dalmatians in 1961, which introduced a new xerography process to transfer the drawings to animated cells. So you love uh, Lady and the Tramp? Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I I loved it as a kid. really a girl movie. It's a pretty girl movie. Oh, well, yeah. come on, you guys. No, I, I like Lady and the Tramp, too. I think, it's, I think it's an okay film, but 
if you oh, but Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Beauty I is love not Sleeping a girl Beauty. movie. I mean, I, they're, they're all, all girl, girl movies. movies. Well, oh, that's true. That's true. So that's true. <laughs> However, uh, the tramp does not fight a giant dragon in like a yeah. maze of thorns on the back of a horse with a sword. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna get all feminist with you guys, and mm. you guys are gonna fucking hate it. But I, I don't love care. It. All right. Yeah. Um, all the Disney movies aren't probably the best movies for girls. I think because it just kind of every single one just teaches you that only thing that's important in life is finding a man. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what was wrong with that? What is wrong with that statement? <laughs> there is more to life for women than. Finding a husband. Jungle Book wasn't like that. The only point to life because it was love, a boy kid. character. Yeah, I'm just saying All it wasn't about finding a man. Get cool shit. We just have to like wait around for some dude. Well, Fox <laughs> and the Hound wasn't like that either, right? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember Fox and the Hound. I mean, because those buddies. were animals. Bambi's animals. That's about finding a mate. Right? Dumbo's animals. A lot of things yeah, are animals that's... in Disney, Caitlin. No. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying animals. with the Disney princesses. The All rescuers. the movies oh. are the Disney princess. It's Disney always princesses. just. Like, you just got to wait around for a guy to, you know, um, take care of shit for you. Yeah, but I mean, they're... Uh, I love them. They're, like, girl, I, they're movies for little kids. No, that's what I'm saying. They're movies for little girls, and that's what they're teaching little girls. I told you guys you were going to hate this. I don't hate <laughs> no. it. I don't hate, I don't it. hate I, it. I agree with you. I mean, there is more to stuff than finding a man. But when it comes to older Disney movies, I mean, they've changed some stuff up when it comes to Pixar films and stuff like that. Well, but Pixar's is like I think fantastic. I think there's, I think, I think it's a really valid argument. Yeah. I think, I think that there's definitely a side of that. And, and probably that has to go back to sort of, you know, men do the work and the women take and, care of the house and the yeah. kids yeah. and stuff. And, and it goes back to the product of their time. These are right. movies from the, Sleeping Beauty's from the 50s. No, but I'm even, you know, I mean, Lady and the Champs from the 50s. Even the, you know, the movies in the 90s. Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah but, but she saves the. I mean, it's not. He doesn't save her. She saves him. He. Yeah, yeah she's a little he more. Wa- he needs her. Yeah, that's that's true. Because that's, he's ugly. That's he actually be made that, pretty. That's, that's my ugly. second favorite. Um, Beauty and the Beast is, Beauty and the Beast is amazing. A trial. Um, but that's what's one of the reasons because it's a really strong female character who's really smart. Yeah. Um, and she's kind and compassionate, but she's also the hero of the film. She's the one who saves him. That's true. That's true. But, but like Little Mermaid is like mm, she can't even she doesn't even ha- she literally does not have a voice right. you know I mean just in a literal context which but let's I face think, it how many of us dream how hot is that I have to say that just as just as that's the the feminist argument is is strong I think there's also another argument that most Disney films are about um, sacrificing yourself for others. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of them has some major character at least attempting to sacrifice themselves for the others and and trying to redeem something. That's true. That is true. And that's an okay message in my book. You, you, going back to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs even, I mean, you sort of have these characters, these these dwarves are supposed to sort of represent the, all the different pieces that we have inside us, whether we're happy or bashful or whatever. Um, <laughs> but there's like this one piece of of us or this one dwarf who grumpy who resists innocence resists purity and he sort of resists snow white because that's sort of what she represents really she represents purity i mean grumpy just needed to get laid he's yeah. he's also the only dwarf with different colored eyes by the way he's oh, really? sort of the one that's that so- separates um himself from everyone else but when she needs their help they're like what are we gonna do it's all is lost what are we gonna do blah 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 
he's the one who steps up. It's that hmm. that there's a piece of us that's heroic and self-sacrificing, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. the one who steps up and says, "We've got to help her." Well, let, let's let's exp- let's uh, explore this for a second. Caitlin, did you grow up watching Disney movies? I did. Do you believe that your goal in life is to find a man? No, your but... your case is now been okay. In, but been invalidated. Okay, all right, your case is it's, invalid. Okay, Alan. <laughs> it's not that simple. I mean, but I. I had to teach myself not to think that because every time I would watch a Disney movie, I would think like, at least subconsciously that, oh, this is, this is my, this should be my goal. Like, oh, I just, you know, they make, I don't know. If you want to take no, it, no, if you want to take it one step further, you could also argue that it's, uh, um, not only is it your goal is to find a man, but the first man that comes along. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of well, happens in those movies. Well, yeah, but at least he's rich. Right, you know, yeah. at least you're going to get or, something you know, charming, or yeah, yeah, you know. And but here's here's the other thing. It's also because it's like not the first man, but it's like love at first sight. It's like you're finding your soulmate. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah, and it's setting impossible goals for girls too. You know, like you got to this handsome, wonderful prince is going to come and save you, and you just got to wait around for that perfect man. Yeah, most of us know. are frogs. I think that's yeah, ch- but see yeah. the frog thing. I think that's. I think that that's changing a little bit for Disney princesses. I think it's sort of about figuring out what your self-worth is. Um, Rapunzel and Tangled and, and Tiana yeah. in Princess and the Frog, it's sort of about them being true to themselves and understanding who they are. And I think that's, I think you're seeing a shift in, in the change. They're of, definitely making more of a conscious effort to yeah. change that, which is good. So uh, let's get back to... Disneyland? Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of... <laughs> Speaking of uh, happy stories and and uh, and princesses, uh, let's get back to the Wikipedia page. The deaths of Walt and Roy Disney. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> On December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-six, Walt Disney died of complications related relating to lung cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Roy mm-hmm. Disney took over He's as dead? chairman, CEO, <laughs> and president of the company. One of the first first acts was to rename Disney World as Walt Disney World in honor of his brother and his vision. Um, in 1967, the last two films Walt actively supervised were released, the animated feature The Jungle Book and the musical The Happiest Millionaire. The studio released a number of comedies in the late 60s, including The Love Bug, A Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, which I've never heard of, um, which starred another Kurt young Russell. Disney discovery, Kurt Russell. Uh, the 1970s opened with the release of Disney's first post-Walt animated feature, The Aristocats. Oh, The Aristocats. Yeah. That was my jam. Followed by a return to fantasy musicals uh, bed ni- in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. That was a good one. Yeah, The yeah, Aristocats. Isn't that like a really dirty joke? That's The Aristocrats. Oh, yeah. my bad. Uh-huh. My bad. But to link what you just said to, to you, know, you were talking about, they released some movies that he was involved with after his death. Back to the park, uh, he you know he was really heavily involved with both Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion didn't even open until 1969, and there's a lot of footage. I mean, you can go on you know various Disney websites and you'll see footage of Walt Disney sort of walking people behind the scenes on what they were doing for the Haunted Mansion and and some of the ghosts and ideas that they had. I just like to say, as a side note, those are two of my other favorite rides. Which ones? To the Caribbean and no, they're both really good. Well, they're immersive. Those. Even if you they're don't amazing. ride any, like if you like if Wes and I go and we just ride a few rides, those are usually two of the rides that are always on the list. Those are the yes. ones you always have to hit. Yeah, yeah. and then they're also great relaxers. Mm-hmm. My feet hurt. Let's go on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> mm. yeah, you can take a nap on. I mean, that's yeah. like a, that's like an eighteen minute ride. And you know what's great about Haunted Mansion is some of the 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 scariest part of that is the the bride. 
uh, those pictures that change. Mm-hmm. It's like the bride yeah. with her husbands, and then they get their heads cut off. But uh, right before that, and, and you might know the story better than me, uh, the bullet hole. The bullet hole in the uh, Yeah, the if you're running Haunted Mansion, you're going past the dining room, um, you'll see. About two-thirds of the way down. Yeah. You'll see a bullet hole in the glass. The, the the bullet hole is disguised as a spider web. Spider webish thing. Huh, um, I didn't know somebody that. shot a gun and wow. they, they I think I don't know for sure, so don't quote me, but I think the idea was that it was too difficult or too expensive to replace the glass, so they just covered it up and it's just stayed there ever since. When no. when did this happen? I have no idea. Not sure, not sure. But you can definitely see it. And well, I, I, had, I didn't know that. I've had uh, park employees confirm it. Yeah, I mean you it's it's an obvious bullet hole when you look at it. But talking about the attic, you were talking about the bride. My favorite the, part of Haunted Mansion. The, yeah. You know, there's um, Disney aficionados or Haunted Mansion aficionados know about the Hatbox Ghost. You guys aware of the Hatbox Ghost? I am, yes. So they, so they had this effect. There was this ghost in the attic that um, he was kind of ghoulish looking. And you can actually see him, I think, in some of the portraits in the hallway early on. Um, and he... He's kind of ghoulish looking. He had this big top hat and he's carrying a hat box. And as you would go by, his head would disappear off his shoulders and appear inside the hat box. But because of other lighting effects and things inside the, the attic, it, they could never get it to work right. And so they removed it. However, it was there when the ride initially opened and for all the test rides and things like that. So, um, so people have seen it. And there's actually really grainy footage of somebody having ridden the ride when it first opened and they're shooting like eight millimeter film or something like that, and uh, and they catch a glimpse of the Hatbox Ghost, and it's been rumored for a long time that they're figuring out a way to make it come back. Recently, directly across from where the bride stands now, they have put a coat rack with a hat hanging mm-hmm. on it, sort of. Oh, that's cool. A suggestion, and that's that's for Haunted Mansion people, people who really have a, a buddy Nick Eversman who's um probably the biggest Haunted Mansion fan that I know. Um, that's a really big deal. That's cool. Um, I wonder if they'll ever bring back the Hatbox Ghost. Uh, that's the rumor. Every no, every year, every year somebody goes. I heard an Imagineer saying yeah. that. Imagineers are known liars. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I that's alleged. And Haven't I people just died on the Haunted Mansion? Like, oh, people have died on the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Don't people spread oh, yes. ashes there? You sure. Yeah, I've, I, uh, they actually have a a um. They have a new, uh, like a little grate on the floor near Madame Leota's table because somebody got up out of the doom buggy and f- tried to climb over and didn't realize that it's like, you know, like a 10 foot drop or something. And uh-huh. supposedly they broke hmm. their neck and died. In the Haunted oh, Mansion. I read, I was reading all about Disney deaths just because, and, and yeah. I didn't see Haunted Mansion as well. I've but, seen several. Okay. Yeah. I've seen several. I've, uh, I've heard people, of people having heart attacks on the ride. Yeah. There's a lot that happens a lot. And supposedly now, I don't know if this is true. And I, and I think mm-hmm. it might be before they changed the, the portraits that you like in the attic. Mm. Supposedly, um, somebody had had a heart attack in there. So they stopped the ride and they turned the lights on. And when the lights are on, Things that look sinister actually turn into very like pleasant things, like pictures of presidents and supposedly religious things. Like um, I don't know if it's pictures of Jesus or or what, but it's supposed to be very like the exact opposite of mm-hmm. something nefarious. That's hmm. interesting. It's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Speaking of heart attacks, heart attacks on October first, nineteen seventy one. The Walt Disney World opened to the public, with Roy Disney dedicating the facility in person later that month. 
And on December 20th, 1971, Roy Disney died of a stroke. Stroke, yeah. Leaving the company under control of Don Tatum, Card Walker, and Walt's son-in-law, Ron Miller, each trained by Walt and Roy. Inspired by the popularity of Star Wars, the Disney studio produced the science fiction adventure The Black Hole in 1979. And it was one of the first Disney releases to carry a PG rating. The first being Takedown, also released in 1979. <laughs> Uh, in 1980, Disney joined, uh, has joined venture with Paramount Pictures on the production of the 1980 film adaptation of Popeye, which was a critical failure. It's kind Fail. of where Disney started to tank, animation-wise, yeah. too. And Disney joined Paramount again uh, with Dragon Slayer in 1981, which is more mature than anything Disney was ever involved with at the time, right. though also a box office failure. And the release of these and other PG-rated Disney films, such as the boldly innovative Tron, which, Tron which represents ahead of its time. Yeah. Led Disney CEO Ron Miller to create Touchstone Pictures as a brand for Disney to release more adult oriented material. And Touchstone's first release was a comedy, Splash, which was a great box office. Ron Howard. I love Splash. Splash yeah. is really good. Yeah. Good one. Can't knock Splash. I didn't know that was Disney. I didn't Touchstone. know that either. Yeah. But now we know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you there's all these different entities that Disney has owned, you know, between Miramax and Dimension Films. I mean, like you think about Scream being something that Disney basically produced, the Scream franchise. True. I didn't know Disney owned Dimension. Is Dimension still around? No. Um, I think they, no, it, it got kind of broken up when the whole Miramax thing oh, happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and speaking uh, 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 oh, I'm going to cut that. <laughs> Don't cut um, that. That's my favorite part so far. <laughs> Despite the success of the Disney Channel, um, which debuted in 1983. Year I was born. Oh, oh really? shit. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I've just wow. revealed my age. You're so old. Or I young. Have... I'm not sure. Young. Young? Okay. I'll go, we'll go with young. Despite the, su- despite the success of the Disney Channel, it's a new theme park creations. Walt Disney Productions was financially vulnerable. Its film library was valuable, but offered few current successes, and its leadership team was unable to keep up with the other studios, particularly the works of Don Bluth, who defected from Disney in 1979. In 1984, financier... Hold on a second. Yeah. So again, another really nice way to kind of put that whole Don Bluth thing. Don Bluth worked for Disney, and when he defected, he took most of the animators with him. So it wasn't like he just left and started his own company. He just like left and did American Tale or something. Mm-hmm. He left and he took a lot of the people with him. And there was, I mean, there was a lot of people from that era that, you know, a lot of people worked for Disney back then. John Lasseter was one of those people. Tim Burton was a, was an artist for Disney back then when he was like really, really young. And um, that kind of attributed to the, probably the worst era of Disney animation Ever. Well, um, speaking of Tim Burton, because uh, I, I completely forgot about this, but he had a, an exhibit at LACMA mm-hmm. uh, a little while ago, which was great. Great exhibit. And, um, I remember that. I, yeah. did, I didn't get to go to it. And uh, Burton's first live action production was Hansel and Gretel mm-hmm. for Disney. And I was, it was so weird because they showed it at LACMA. It is the weirdest thing ever. It was a <laughs> Japanese-themed adaptation of the Brother Grimm's fa- Brothers uh, Grimm fairy tale for the Disney Channel. And it climaxes in a kung fu fight between Hansel and Gretel and the witch. And it was the, it, they, it was so weird. It's just so weird. If you have a chance to see it, you should, just because it's so weird. And, um, yeah. And uh, also an interesting story is that Disney, uh, or Burton was fired at Disney um, after making Frank and Weenie uh, because they supposedly um, said that he was spending the company's resources on doing film that, are, that is too dark and scary for children. Which is awesome now. Yeah. 
is it like in, in now a couple Frank, months? Yeah, Frank and Weenie, his uh, full length, uh, is finally coming out. They have a they have a, a a temporary exhibit at California Adventure right now for Frank and Weenie. Oh, do they really? So not not only did they like completely reverse that because he makes them a crap load of money. Tim Burton kind of sucks now, guys. Tim Burton does suck now. He does. Uh, here's the reason. After I don't know if it's after Beetlejuice or after whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty early. Or Batman Returns. Um, one of his you know later films like that or earlier films like that. Uh, he was murdered and a body <laughs> double. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you saw this on Wikipedia, right? Yes. He read uh, this no. on the internet. Uh, I made this up in my head. Okay. Uh, a body double took over and decided, you know what? Let's bring this all down. Let's let's, let's ruin let's just make some shit. Let's you know? make a shit ton of money, but ruin everything. There's yeah. there's something about him like for whatever reason I keep going and seeing his movies and I and I'm overall let down every time now. But there is if you watch like Alice in Wonderland's a really good example. There are flashes of brilliance in there. You know, there's like a flashes of the old Tim Burton in For sure. in the movies and um maybe you know maybe for- animations where he should be. I mean Nightmare for Christmas Yes, was yeah. really and good. he didn't he didn't direct that, right? But you, you know, know, he had his hand in that. Yeah, no, heavily. for sure. He I had, even he liked had a big Corpse Bride. Yeah, but bit. the Corpse thing Bride? is, yeah. the yeah. thing is, he focused on Nightmare for Christmas and didn't direct it. Right, and maybe that's good for him now. Like yeah. he can put his two cents in because really, oh my goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire, Dark Shadows was a piece of crap. I didn't oh, see yeah. it. Oh yeah, Such I mean, he used a to make the most crap, innovative, imaginative. Just great, you know, like Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice. Any movie he made back then. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even Batman, the original Batman and Batman Returns were the best Batman films of that uh, franchise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those four. Those first two were so amazing. I actually even have a Batman Returns card. Because uh, they used to sell the trading cards, mm-hmm. and I got a chaser, and it's a penguin card signed by Danny DeVito. Nice. That's awesome. Which was great because I, I just love I love those movies. And he started remaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, horrible. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory is one of my favorite films. That's fantastic. Favorite yeah, films, it's great because it had the darkness and the weirdness to it that it needed to. Oh, Even yeah. with the songs, that part, that part when they're like in the tunnel, tunnel, yeah, yeah, it's that horrifying. freaked me out as a kid. But I love Gene that. Wilder, I love music. genius. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It also had the had Gene Wilder, mm-hmm. which is uh, his movies are just see no evil, hear no evil. I don't know if you saw that film with Gene Haunted Wilder Honeymoon. and Richard Pryor. Have you seen Haunted Honeymoon? Amazing. Yes. Don Haunted Deloise. Honeymoon. Oh my goodness gracious. There's something about Gene Wilder where he was such a great comedic actor, mm. but he, he there was always like a, a sadness to all of his performances. Yes. Especially and as Willy Wonka. Exactly. Yeah. Even yeah. in like like blazing saddles too you know like there was always like this like sadness mm. and like almost like he was very almost unhinged a little bit yeah, like young frankenstein some, i mean yeah. young frankenstein yeah like every performance he had that thing was, where he could snap at any moment exactly but like you you yeah. don't know what to expect and, from and him. pretty much is, nobody else can do that now. Yeah. yeah well that's the thing tim burton's trying to do these things with johnny depp and johnny oh, depp God. can't do it they need to just not be around i each like other johnny depp's fine yeah, I, I enjoy no, Johnny fine, Depp. all right. I, uh, <laughs> hey, girl, <laughs> snap, snap. <laughs> but he and Tim Burton need to stop making films together. Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, great. Oh, Ed Wood, oh, Ed great. Wood is a, oh, so good. That's like the pinnacle of. Yes, uh, yeah. I think my, I'm thinking it might have been Ed Wood that was his, his last, last great. great. You know movie. what though? Yeah. I also really like Mars Attacks. Yeah, that yeah, was, but Ed yeah. Wood was like. But still, he's he's these are like these are real good Tim Burton films, and and him and Johnny Depp are just doing the same character. Like the makeup is just too like white face, and 
and it's just over the top and it's just boring. Mm-hmm. It's weird for the sake of weird. Yeah. And now it's no longer it's has a purpose. It's too distracting. Yeah. And um, I love Helena Bon Bonham Carter. Yeah. But seriously, dude, these actors need to stop making movies with them. Because yeah. <laughs> I understand why they're doing it. Cause they're I don't think making... Helena Bonham Carter can get out of that. No, I don't think she can either. Yeah. I, I hear they live in separate houses. They do live in separate houses. Yeah. Oh, they, they do? Together. They're like side yeah. by side. I think they're connected. They're, side, they're like side by side or something. Woody I, I heard, Allen and I heard they're really lived in separate houses too. But like a hallway or something. Tim Burton has gotten screwy in the bad way. And what the I, fuck happened? Like, why? I hear Beetlejuice 2 is happening. Oh, so, no. Well, no, no, no. Here's yeah, the but thing. everybody's coming back for that. If you, yes, Michael Keaton. I, I want Michael Keaton back. I love Michael Keaton I love so Michael much. Keaton. So if, if Michael Keaton's coming back, I don't think Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are. I, I don't it's know a different you, story. I don't know how you bring them back. Yeah, you can't. And then I don't know if Winona Ryder is either. But I, heard, I thought I heard Really? really? Okay. Should. As long as Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to hope that it just brings back that But it's going to be all like CGI, overblown, unless, just unless it goes we'll fucking masturbatory, them, If they go awful, back to Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, I'm out. <laughs> they what? That Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, that was the original really? sequel Hawaiian? idea. That would actually be kind of funny. No, nah, I'm out. I'm out if they do that. Here's the thing. We, we're going to have to move on because... We just all got really... Disney. We all got really... <laughs> Disney, 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 Disney. There's another... There's actually another firing story that's similar to that where... Um, there was a big surprise birthday thing from all the employees to Walt and a couple of the animators thought it'd be funny to animate Mickey and Minnie doing some pretty inappropriate things. And they, you know, they had everybody gathered around and Walt came in and they, you know, they were doing the happy birthday thing and then they showed him this video and he just kind of watched it real quietly. And then when it was over, he said, Oh, who who did that? And they raised her and he goes, get your stuff and get out and never come back. Oh, Wow. Which makes sense to me because that's, yeah. that's kind of... It could get out people, yeah. Getting back to Wikipedia, the Eisner era. Fucking uh, Eisner. With Eisner, Wells, and Katzenberg replacing Ron Miller and Card Walker, Walker in 1984, Disney strengthened and revitalized during the second half of the 1980s and early 1990s, beginning with Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 1988 and later The Little Mermaid in 1989. It's all flagship. All those movies are fucking tits. Yeah. They're all good. Animation studio, its flagship animation studio enjoyed a series of commercial and critical, critical successes. Adventures of Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Gargoyles, mm-hmm. all coming out as well. Well, and there was all that like Ooh. wonderful world of Disney on Sunday Duck nights Tales. where Ooh. Eisner would come out and he would he would introduce the movie and then you'd watch like the journey of Natty Gann or Father oh, the Navigator yeah, I or something. That. Wasn't Eisner like a terrible person? Isn't he just like, I a don't really know. He was, he was, was kind of cutthroat, but he brought in Katzenberg. Now that guy, I think, was really hard to work for. I think mm. he was like a slave driver, allegedly. And he he moved them. He's the one who moved the animation studios, and he basically moved them out of their studios into like little sweatbox factories, from what I understand. And like was a real worker. But they ended up, you know, winning a whole bunch of Academy Awards because of it. Well, and Katzenberg is the one who brought Miramax in in 1993. Right. He uh, he acquired them, and that was big uh, because mm-hmm. Miramax as we know, made a ton of A bunch awesome, more Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, a ton of great films, uh, Pulp Fiction, duh, uh, stuff like that. The English Patient, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Way to bring it down with The English Patient. <laughs> this is pretty, pretty acclaimed film. Disney acquired many other media sources during the decade, including a merger with Capital Cities and ABC in 1996, which brought broadcast network ABC and its assets, including the A&E television networks and ESPN, into the Disney fold resurgence era i mean there's 
with like Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. I mean, Beauty and the Beast oh, is yeah. the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a re- and that actually is really interesting because the fr- they they had the script, they had actors, they started making this film, and they came back. Uh, I think they were doing it. They were doing it in Europe. I don't know if they were doing it in France or not, but it basically was garbage. And they made them completely start over from scratch. Oh, really? On Beauty and the Beast. And then, of course, now we have one of the greatest animated films of all time. And plus they had that scene that was really kind of revolutionary at the time oh, yeah. in terms of animation. With the pillars and them dancing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the like, computer. Little CG Compu- pillars. Yeah. yeah. It was very like cutting edge at the time. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, uh, up there. I mean, little. I think Little Mermaid's my favorite. That was my favorite as a kid. Yeah. I, I would watch that movie, that VHS, over and over again. I loved it. Well, I'm a sucker for... I mean, most Disney stories are love stories, obviously. Yeah. But there's something about The Little Mermaid where it's like she just craved something so badly that she made it happen. Mm. I used to take singing lessons as a kid, and that was my go-to song that I would sing, the... Uh, part of your world i can Aww. sing it for you for you now i'm, I'm gonna like. i'm gonna see you know what let's you know let's pass? do that privately we'll do it i'll do it later we'll do it privately okay. afterwards a little comment. my favorite because i'm like a into old school adventure is robin hood just mm-hmm. everything about that with that the fox movie. with the, the foxes i love them I the music is so hot. good and they they <laughs> like i think they've released like three songs on various disney cds but they never released like all of the songs i don't think and um the music's really good the animation is recycled. Unfortunately, a lot of it's from like Jungle Book and Snow oh, really? White. That's yeah. Funny. Um, but uh, Skippy the Rabbit with his bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know that fucking snake. Pat, dude. Uh, Pat Buttram. Um, I think that's what his title was. That fucking the snake. Fucking snake. <laughs> that, snake. Was his his that fucking snake. Credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought the fox was attractive. Like, is that hey, weird? Am hey, I? He was a fox. He was <laughs> a fox. Hey guys, <laughs> I'll be here all day. Um. Yeah, Pat Buttram played the. <laughs> Don't give me that Mr. Look. Haney on Green Acres. He played the sheriff of Nottingham in that. And uh, man, everything about that movie just. With the little awesome. family of bunnies, was it the little rabbits? Yeah, Skippy. And his <laughs> I family. honestly don't remember Rob. You I don't, saw it. I don't. Remember. You don't remember? I haven't like, seen it. In they a were long. like the, the vultures, family. the dumb vultures with the crossbows, and I Pat Buttram be like, "You keep your eyes open, Nutsy." Holy That's a crap. good impression. You, I, that was a really good impression. It was. Thanks. You should. I love you Robin Hood. It's a, you should go into vulture per- impressions. Yeah, no, no, no. That's the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, okay. Getting back to Little Mermaid, though, Under the Sea is probably my favorite song. But and the <laughs> reason, the screw Robin Hood. Well, no, no, no. The reason I bring it up because it, it's like those lyrics. You, they're so dirty if you think about it. Yeah. Everything is everything. Uh, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just. I am just saying. Everybody knows this. But a lot of songs, just in Disney in general, and then like a lot of animators are just hornballs because the whole Little Mermaid uh, mm-hmm. cover where they had the penises. The rescue. I mean, go back to the rescuers in the eighties. There's a uh, there's a open there's a window in the background where there's a topless woman. Isn't there's, there a hidden penis the, in no, every Disney movie? I don't, I don't know if every so. Disney movie, but I mean the or main thing. My, I'm wishful The main thinking. thing was the big deal about the it on the cover of Little Mermaid, uh, the yeah. clamshell. Because uh, I, I had it, I think, back in the day. And I, right now, I think it's worth like 500 bucks. I'm sure it's probably worth a lot. Yeah, but then they changed it because there was obvious penises yeah. in the castles. Castle Aladdin's penis. got Aladdin's got some stuff like that, supposedly, too. Yeah, I heard that like, there's King. little hidden... It's supposedly it says sex in Lion King when he, like... He's on the... It's at like, night, and he, like, 
falls down on the grass and the dust comes up and supposedly yeah, it's supposed to suck. I think I heard that too. They do they do much cooler stuff though. Like as controversial as that stuff is, like I, I don't get a kick. I get a kick out of like the hidden like hidden Mickey's and stuff like that. That's yeah. I mean, anything hidden is is always fun, and that's what Disney's good at. They're good at like putting little little you know, penises, Easter eggs, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> little Easter penises. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Disney penises, save Disney campaign and Eisner's ouster. <laughs> In 2003, Roy E. Disney, the son of Disney co-founder Roy O. Disney and nephew of Walt Disney, resigned from his positions as the company's vice chairman and chairman of Walt Disney Feature Animation, accusing Eisner of micromanagement. Flops with the ABC television network, timidity, timidity, is timidity, timidity, why does it sound so weird? Um, Sibilance, sibilance. Timidity (laughs) in the theme park business, turning the Walt Disney Company into a rapacious, soulless company, is what he called it, and refusing to establish a clear succession plan, as well as a string of box office movie flops starting in the year 2000. And then there was that whole, and I skipped this, but there was that whole Ovitz thing, where um, I think Eisner brought his friend Ovitz in and Mm -hmm. only worked there for 14 months. Michael Ovitz. Yeah, Michael Ovitz, and then left with a severance package of $38 million in cash and $3 million stock right. options, which was like brought to the board, and I think there was like lawsuits, and eventually it was found that Eisner did nothing wrong. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing legally wrong with what they did, but uh, that was a whole fuck fest. Uh, I remember that in the news. That I, it was pretty big. I think there was sort of like two schools of thought at Disney during that era, and there were sort of the old school holdouts, the people that were left over from the old era before those guys, before Eisner and those guys came around and that they believed in this, um, this ideal, this kind of saccharine, um, never give up ideal that Disney believed in and that, that thing people are, people can be good and, um, Mm. that we can always have hope. And they tried to infuse that. And I think that's, that's where you see some, so when those people were allowed to kind of run free, I think that's when you saw stuff like Little Mermaid and Aladdin. And then there was the other school of thought where it was, let's just do this as easy as possible. We're Disney. We can make money. And uh, it led to, like we were talking about in the 2000s, like Home on the Range. You know, Oh, my gosh. Do you remember Home on the Range? Was that the mm-hmm. one with Roseanne? Roseanne Barr is a talking cow. That was so bad. Roseanne's awesome. It ended that was hand-drawn horrible. animation at Disney. It was it was uh, the for a while at least it was mm. the last hand drawn animation film. It was well, it was horrible. Um, and then they went to CG. They just were like, we're just going to do CG now. But thank God for John Lasseter. I'm sure you're yeah. getting to that. Well, on March 13, 2005. 2005s. Well, on March 13, 2005, Eisner announced that he would step down as CEO one year before his contract expired, and then he <laughs> and then Eisner resigned both as an executive and as a member of the board. Severing all formal ties with the company, he waived his contractual rights to perks such as use of the corporate jet and an office at the company's Burbank headquarters, and Eisner's replacement was his longtime assistant, Robert Iger. I, I think he's done some great things. Bob Ro- Iger. Robert Iger, or Bob Iger. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. you're close friends. We're, we're, you can call him Bob. And, that's, and then it was during this time that they made Chicken Little, uh, the company's first film using 3D animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel, Mel Gibson was in that, right? I thought it was Zach No, that was Chicken Braff. Run. Was oh, Gibson. shit. She's right. It's Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Thank you. Chicken Little, Chicken Run. Same. Come on. So you're Ardman, oh, Chicken li- Ardman Animation chicken, versus Disney Chicken CG. Run was Claymate. Yeah, Ardman yeah. Animation, which is... I always chicken get Mel Gibson and Zach Braff confused. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the whole hatred of people in general. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> in July 25th, 2005, Disney announced that it was closing Disney Toon Studios Australia oh, after 17 Aww. years of existence. Oh, my God. That's a bummer. Too bad. And 
aware that Disney's relationship with Pixar was wearing thin, uh, Bob Iger began negotiations with leadership of Pixar Animation Studios, Steve Jobs and Ed Catmull, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, regarding possible merger. And then uh, in January 23, 2006, it was announced that Disney would purchase Pixar in an all-stock transaction worth $7.4 billion. Jesus Can I just interrupt Christ. here? Yeah. I, I just want to say that of the modern era, that is the smartest, best decision Disney has made. I'd just like to say that Pixar makes the best movies. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. And I'm going to be a little controversial here. Mm. Pixar has, I mean, obviously, every film has made tons of money. Mm. Every film that Pixar make, makes is fantastic. Yes. Except for Brave. I didn't see it, but and I heard it. That's why I'm being man. controversial. I'll talk about it too much. Um, you haven't seen Brave? I actually haven't seen it. Um, what? It, I it's heard one of those situations where it's like the, the wife really wants to see it. I can't see it without the wife. We got to coordinate. We had people in town for I don't a month. Need, I don't need your life history. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, don't, you you were all appalled, so you have to listen. Well, now. I'm appalled because I'm just disappointed. You expect more out of me. I expect more out of you. I'm not gonna, I, won't, I won't ruin it for you guys. Understood. But here's the problem I have with Brave, mm-hmm. and this is what uh, most people have. It's a princess film. It's a Disney princess film. Is that not okay? And Pixar doesn't make princess movies. And that's why I was disappointed that they made a princess. They made an, a stereotypical, generic Disney princess movie. Was it generic though? Because it, it was. It, the story so, was boring. Because I heard that they were trying to. Kind, yeah, she, it was kind of flipping the whole princess thing on its yeah, no. ear. Supposed to be a pretty big difference between yeah, her and like Sleeping Beauty. No, no. When yeah, I say like, she I, was. Yeah, fine. It's not Sleeping Beauty. She's against the whole marriage thing. Fine, mm-hmm. fine. Still, in the end, a princess movie. All and right. this is not giving away the plot because there's. Well, there's, the, I think why they made it was because they were getting kind of some flack because they never had female central female which is characters. Fine, and, but you but know it, what? Don't make it a princess movie because yeah. whether the whether the is she thing a princess? Was flopped on, yes. Yeah, she whether it was so. flopped on its head or not, it's, it's still marriage. a Disney princess movie. It's still yeah. about marriage. It, it it's a mainly a mother daughter relationship film, oh. uh, which is fine. You know, again, animation is great. Everything is great. But it's like, dude, you guys made a boring movie. You finally, the the streak to me died, and even though I don't like cars, I don't like cars too. They're still I can appreciate them. Mm-hmm. I can understand why people love them, but Brave just ruined it, ruined the streak for me. Even though I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money, and it has made a lot of money. Uh, and The Incredibles, by the way, is my favorite Pixar film. Monsters Inc. for me. Monsters, Monsters Inc. was mine for a long time. I, think I cry every time in the movie. I do too. I the yeah. the last thing when where, he smiles. Yeah, she's like, yeah. But, oh my god, I cry. He's I'm like, gonna cry right now. Is it still though? Because you said it used to be. I really, and then Wally became my favorite. Wally's good. Wally's, and then yeah, Wally's I just I love Up so much. Here's the thing: uh, Up, yeah, I, love up too. Up, it, and, and I this cry is, from beginning to end to that movie. It's, well, then, yeah, Up did in two minutes at the beginning of the film told a better love story than Twilight has done. Oh yeah, exactly. then most love in stories have four done. or yeah. five movies. Yeah, then most love stories. Yeah. Well, in the end, this like message of like keeping your promises, just like. Like I get chills thinking it's about beautiful. it. It's, yeah, it's it really is smart, beautiful. It's you know genuinely. I don't know. When you make, make me cry. When you make <laughs> films like Monsters Inc. and The Incredibles and Up and Wally, which have such heart and soul, your guys are going to see Brave, and you're going to know what I'm talking about. That's why I kind of avoided it because I didn't want to yep. feel that way about a Pixar I'm film. Okay, I knew you might, I would. You might, Wes, you might disagree with me because I, who knows? Here's but the thing, I don't if, think it has heart and soul. Even if that's the case. I'm okay if if this is like this is a adventure princess story. I might be okay with that. I don't know. Again, I, I need to see it. Um, yeah, you but need here's to see it. here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. I think it's okay 
to break from what you've been doing. I think if you want to be a part of that Disney legacy and you say, we want to tell it, we're part of this Disney thing now, we want to tell a princess story, I think it's okay for them to do that. It may not be what everybody wants or what everybody expects out of a Pixar film, but but Pixar's influence on Disney has been so great that it kind of doesn't matter if they make an okay film. I think no. I'm just, I'm okay yeah, with absolutely. them. No. They're the, when John Laster took over Disney animation, he reopened hand-drawn animation. That's why we got Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Whoa, now, settle down. It was... Getting too uh, verklempt. So, yeah. <laughs> it was so smart of them to do. Um, and they reinvigorated the Disney legacy. Fine. And I think it's I, okay. I think no. it's okay. To, I don't think You're every wrong. movie you had to put out has to be the you most amazing thing in the world. You shouldn't put out a film in general, just in general film industry life. You shouldn't put out a film that's just okay. I think no, they're no, no, making, no. I think they're seriously making the best films out there right now out of any film production company anywhere. So I will allow them one. As a general whole, yes. No, I'm they saying have I more, have, they have better stories and than better anyone films else. than any other. Then the streak is amazing. But I, so but I, I'm I, willing to I let them. To I'm willing to let them have one mistake. Like if they so. have their next, if their next movie sucks, we're so going like, to let them stay in business. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going like to allow them to stay in business. Okay, it's fine. I'll allow it. But, but more than that. It's okay for them to make a film that doesn't necessarily reach the pinnacle of Up or Monsters, Inc. or whatever, because not all of them are. It's okay as long as they're making something that they're passionate about. And I think that, you know, you I have seen a lot of, like, the behind-the-scenes thing, and I've, I've read a lot of articles about Brave. They were passionate about this. They didn't treat Brave any differently than they did any of the other Pixar films. They they go to Scotland. They do all their research. They get heavy into mythology. No, I'm Who sure they didn't Brave? set out As to... long as they're passionate, it, it if the end product is... <laughs> If the I'm end, making an I don't know face. I mean, if it, as long as they're passionate about the story and they're telling the story that they want to tell, as long as they hold true to that, that's what matters. Yes, I'm. I'm sure that they did not set out to make an okay film. I agree. I agree with that. But to me, it ended up just being an okay film and just kind of disappointing. They have to make the movies that they want, not the movies that the that the fans want. Because the moment they start, well, no, because the moment they start catering to the fans and start listening to the fans and go, the fans going, oh, I don't want this. I want this. Oh, I don't want this. I don't want this. Then you go back to the Eisner era mm. era of Disney. Mark Andrews and Brenda Chapman directed. It. Don't know who either of those people are. Uh, it wasn't any of the major names, yeah, like that we're used to. Brad Bird up. or whatever. But, you know, you look at Andrew Stanton. Who's a pretty big name in in Pixar, and he just made John Carter. So I mean, you can't go by names. Oh man, let's not even get into. Uh, that I actually horrible. like John Carter, but I whatever. Didn't see John what? Carter. I I thought it was old school. It reminded me a lot of the no, Rocketeer. There's just so many bad things about it. But, but the we're Rocketeer, not gonna was all, Rocketeer was also a flop. We should actually get into it a little bit, just because it lost Disney so much. They money. didn't lose Disney anything. It, okay, fine. It, it did. had Tim Riggins in it, and that's a good <laughs> right, that's thing. That's enough. They lost. That is enough the for me. And yes. In the end, they'll get money. Because DVDs and blah, 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 and they've it'll already, be around. Worldwide, they've already made their money back. But still, to invest that much time and money into something that was... I, I, didn't think, I, thought, I thought it sucked. I didn't think yeah, it was a great movie. I liked it. And there's very little chance they'll make sequels now. No, that's, that's the disappointment. That's the thing. If, I wanted it to be good. I did. Really? I, I, was, I, I don't I think the movie was good. bad. I think it was mismarketed. That's what I think. <sighs> I heard that, too, that it was mismarketed. It really, it really was marketed poorly. and it was, it, oh, They oversaturated they, the market. They spent $100 million. Yeah. Or you're just saying they spent too much. No, they, they spent it, in, they spent in it the focusing wrong on the wrong things. Yeah. 
And they, they, they really oversaturated the market. Still, too. I still honestly didn't like the film to begin with. Yeah. And I think, here's the thing. I think that if it was a really, really good movie, mm-hmm. I think the word of mouth would have done it. I bet in 15 years we look at that movie differently. Look at, look at I some, hope in 15 years they've buried it like Song of the South. Look at, look at something like Newsies. Look at The Rocketeer. Newsies is good. Those, but when those movies came out, people were saying the exact same things that, that you're saying, that, that Alan is saying about John Carter. People were saying that about Newsies and people were saying about The Rocketeer. And now I you go to Rocket- a, but those Though are, people that, did say that about nostalgia. Howard the Duck and I actually really like Howard the Duck. But that's like yeah, nostalgia. Right. Like I think with Newsies and The Rocketeer, it's like, oh, I loved this movie as a kid and now all those people who loved it as a kid are grown up and it's so those movies are kind of if, having a resurgence if you in go back to the pop- rocketeer i watched it recently it's actually a pretty fun film i mean I it's an it. old school adventure I mean, it's like a pulp pulp adventure and that's kind of what john carter is is like an old school well pulp adventure. stay tuned 15 years from now for our next podcast yes and we'll discuss well, if john carter we'll see who eats whose words exactly but after a long <sighs> this is kind of sad after a long whoa now <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, which is getting kind of long. Yeah, we're we're at a pretty long length here, so we're going to try to start wrapping it up here. But this Let's is this is kind of sad. After a long time working in the company as a senior executive and large shareholder, director emeritus Roy E. Disney died from stomach cancer on December 16, 2009. And at the time of his death, he owned roughly 1% of all of Disney, which amounted to 16 million shares. And he is seen to be the last member of the Disney family to be actively involved and the running of the company and working in the company altogether, which is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, this is exciting news, along the lines of the purchase of Pixar. On December 31st, 2009, Disney acquired Marvel Entertainment Inc. Mm-hmm. for $4.24 billion. Disney has stated that their acquisition of the company will not affect Marvel's products, neither will the nature of any Marvel characters be transformed. But yes, very smart buy. Do you remember what people said when they bought that, though? What did people say? People were like... Oh, they're gonna ruin Marvel. They're gonna taint. It's Marvel's gonna become Disney-fied. They said that about Pixar too, right? And yeah, but they're pretty good at letting those the companies, uh, letting Marvel and uh, letting Pixar do their thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. People said it. Well, because Disney is a Disney's a huge corporation mm-hmm. that knows that it should buy assets mm-hmm. um, in order to make their stockholders sure. happy, in order to bring more characters into the fold. I mean, that's what yeah. companies have to do, and it's smart. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Is just a smart buy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, uh, Disney people dying, is it true? I don't know if you guys know this, if you have this information, mm. but is it true that Walt Disney is cryogenic? It's no, not it's true. A, it's a myth. I'm hearing he, that Walt it's Disney, not true. Walt Disney no. was cremated and his ashes um, reside in Forest Lawn Cemetery in Burbank. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We so, can go there right after this if we let's like. Let's go. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's a that's a myth. So, okay. So his head is not a... No. They didn't save his head. That's what I heard. You guys, no. I read it one Here's time. the thing. On a 100% fact, we don't know. Who knows? Right, Who's right. I was say? there. We Who's don't know. Say? We don't know. But he his, his, his ashes are at Forest Lawn. So. Or are they? <laughs> and I'll leave you with that. Here's where things, I don't know if they went downhill or if it was smart moves, but later in January 2010, Disney decided to shut down Miramax after downsizing Touchstone. But one month later, they began selling the Miramax brand into 700 title film library. And on March 12th, Image Movers Digital, Robert Zemeckis' company, which Disney had bought in 2009, was shut down. In April 2010, Lyric Street, Disney's country music label in Nashville, was shut down. May 2010, the company sold the Power Rangers brand. And as well as its 700-episode library, back to Haim Saban. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Haim Saban or whatever. I didn't know Disney owned it. No, I didn't either. Uh, In June, the company canceled Jerry Bruckheimer's film project, Killing Rommel. 
In September 2010, Disney Interactive Studios was downsized. In November, two ABC stations were sold. So there's a lot of um, uh, selling going on there. I was bummed I when they shut thing. down Miramax. Was that your I was I was bummed when they shut that down. But but you know, Miramax I think like is, some good movies. Yeah, but yeah, but once once the wine scene's left, it's, it's that's yeah, true. Yeah, and it's being run by the people that need to run it, and that's that's the important thing. I think all these things are like they're not. I don't think they're they were deemed as Disney endeavors, and I think they've they're focused really heavily on Marvel and ABC television. Um, they uh, they seem to be investing in higher quality direct to DVD things now. Pixar's got some direct to DVD things coming out that looks really good. Like they got planes coming out. Um, Disney even Disney Interactive is even though they may have downsized that. Um, you look at a game like Epic Mickey, and now Epic Mickey Two is coming out. They hire Warren Spector to come in and kind of reinvent what Disney is in a video game, video game, and it's really successful. I think we're done with the Wikipedia page, actually. What? I mean, there's what? more stuff, but I think we've hit upon all the stuff that I care about. And if I, I didn't ca- care about any, and of if it. I only care about it, then you know nobody else is going to care about yeah. anything else. But uh, one thing you know that I, that we forgot to mention Disneyland is the whole Club Thirty Three thing. Which, oh my god! There's actually yes. something else too. Which well, there's so many things we didn't mention. Well, there's there's one really just... important one that we didn't mention. Okay, do you want to do Club Thirty Three first, or do you want to do your thing first? <laughs> I, just, I just want to say this one word. Go for it. Muppets. Well, yes, what Jim is... Henson Muppets. Um, what did you want to say about it? Though? I, I just I, we completely didn't we completely overlooked. Funny their enough, I didn't see it. and acquisition. Here's the reason, though, I didn't see it in the Wikipedia page, and it might have been yeah. a part I skipped. But yes, the Muppets is also a great acquisition. Yeah. I mean, especially because they're revitalizing it. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure Jason Siegel has nothing to do with the sequel because I, I no, he's I don't think he's in yeah, the sequel. He's done a great. He did a great job with but the first Brett one. But Brett McKenzie wrote it. Brett, mm-hmm. Brett McKenzie's involved in the sequel. I hear. I love Brett McKenzie. I love Flight of the Concords. If you have not seen Flight of the Concords, you should see Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the he's uh, one of the members of that group, and the TV show was awesome. As Muppet fans, are you a Muppet fan? I am. Okay. As Muppet fans, I have to tell you, um, I was by pure luck, was invited to the premiere of The Muppets. And we got to interact a little bit with the people that were involved in making that movie. And those people, the people that are involved with The Muppets right now, are so passionate. They're real fans. They really, really care about it. I think that's why that last movie was so good. And I'm really excited about a sequel. And there's the the original ending uh, that I read about, I thought would have been better, because I was a little disappointed with the ending. Spoiler spoiler alert. Actually, I won't get into it. But yeah, but watch them up. It's the ending to me was disappointing. And if you can Google the original ending, it's actually I thought it would have been a lot better because it would have been the Muppets. Uh, it would have been uh, Statler and um, right. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Waldorf. Waldorf. Uh, Named after hotels. Yeah, uh, would have been a bigger part of the original sort of. ending. Sort of. Anyway, Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty Three. Actually, I'm going to put that on hold for a second because speaking of the Muppets, uh, one of my uh-huh. very fr- Vinylmation. Mm-hmm. Is a huge thing now. Yeah. What is it? Um, what? It's called Vinylmation. See all these figures I have on my mantle. He has oh, figures I on do. his mantle. I see them. Yeah, uh, and uh, they're basically listening. they're little Mickey Mouses, but as other characters. Oh. So it's the shape of Mickey, and they have Star Wars and Muppets. And my very first Vinylmation that I ever bought was the Kermit Chaser from the very first season or series of Muppets, and I was very proud of that. And they're smart with this Vinylmation thing because it turns into a whole collector rage along with the pens. People trade them. And you want to get like all of the set, and they're blind box, so you don't actually. Some most of them are blind box. You actually don't know which one you're going to get when you buy the box. Oh. So half the fun is. Uh, I'm just promoting the shit out of. Vinyl I actually have not reason. bought one because the the hardcore collectors have kind of ruined it for me. 
Um, I actually have not bought one probably this year or not many really? this year. Yeah, you have way. You, I'm sure you have way more than me though. Uh, yeah, I've got like a, maybe right around a hundred different yeah. ones. But um, they're doing this thing now where you know the chasers oftentimes have like extra pieces to them, like they have a hat or something like that. And so people, variants people are bringing scales to the stores and hiding. They're like getting in groups to kind of to cover up the person that has the scale, like a little like food measuring scale, and they're and they're them. weighing the boxes to see which ones that weigh the most, so that way they can take the fun out of it. That's really ridiculous. All the, so all the little kids can't get the chasers now. Well, and something Disney did that I wasn't a fan of, and I think it fa- I think it might have failed was this whole Robots Two series where it's <laughs> like you buy a robot and it's still different pieces from all robots. So you have to buy all the robots in order to get right. the robots to the actual state that they're supposed to be and you exchange the parts. Right. But then they started giving away for free whenever you buy another vinyl mission, which makes me feel like it didn't do well. Because that's kind of getting too much into, hey, buy all our shit. Yeah. Anyway, Club 33, Club I, I, I got the chance to actually go. You went to Club oh, yes. 33? Yes, I, I went to Club 33. Basically, Club 33 is a private club in Disney in New Orleans Square that uh, it's just a buffet. Pretty much. That's it's, all it is. It's for a buffet. Like $10, you go in. Yeah, you, you order off a menu. List. You do you order off a menu? Yeah, it's like all the same price. Everything's the same price, but I thought you ordered off. the Oh, menu. I think you're right. But then they also have buffet items. Oh, that's nice. Okay, yes, they, you're right. How did you get do, to go? A, a friend of mine's cousin's law firm is a member. Oh. So if his friend's cousin's law firm is listening. We would like to go. Hey, where's the entrance? It's like one of the few things you just, done. you just uh, oh, it's next to Pirates. the The entrance is next to yeah, the Blue like, Bayou. Where exactly? It's There's, along the side. I mean, you'll see it because they're all numbered. Yeah, everything's like the an stores address. are numbered. So yeah, 30. and it says thirty three, and it's just a door with a bell, and you That's have to ring cool. the bell and you tell them you have a reservation. And here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. It's basically a hundred dollars, no matter what you eat, but you get in the park for free. So oh. a ticket's eighty bucks already. Yeah. So if you get into the club, you're paying a twenty extra dollars. Yeah. You're getting into the park, and you're getting. If uh, you can get in, it's really exclusive. So. Yeah, it's like um, it's a lot. It's really it's like a expensive. Wait list, it's isn't a it? huge wait list. I heard it's fourteen. I mean, wow. I I don't know yeah. for sure. It's but. a huge wait list, and then once you get on it, it's a huge price. I went yeah. uh, membership. I went to the expo last year, the Disney Expo, and they did say that they are they have some sort of plan to make Club 33 more accessible to people. I don't know if that means they're going to open up how many members they're allowed to have or if they're going to do some prize giveaways. I actually giveaways. went on the website yesterday and they did open it up to uh, accepting more yeah, but that could mean Something like that, people have resigned their membership. There's still going to be a long-ass wait list, yeah. though. Um, and you have to fill out a form, and then you have to turn in the form. You actually have to write them right. a letter saying your interests. Because just because they give you the membership packet doesn't mean you're in it. You actually have to write them a letter saying yeah. you want to be Request in it. Request it. Exactly. And then they send you the... But yeah. there's like a initial fee, and then there's an annual fee to, to be a member. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if you're rich, hey, why not? Uh, the food was okay. I honestly don't remember. This is like over a year. I have a friend ago. who went and had like anything, steak fish, and... steak. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things, and um, it's just fun because of the exclusivity. Yeah, and you know, not everybody gets to do it. And once you've done it once, for me, it's like okay, well, if, you know, if I'm a rich mofo, maybe I'll join members so I can bring friends. What does it look like inside? Fancy. Um, it's fancy schmancy. Do you it's, have to wear a suit? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. You can wear whatever you want. But they have like their own like linens and dishes and things. Like, and they actually have yeah, it's all Club Thirty Three. I actually um took uh, I have a Club Thirty Three. It looks like a matchbook, but it's really a notepad and That's a pen. Good. I took a pen. Cool. Did you did you go up the stairs or did you go up the lift? No, we you go up the lift. Have you been too? Yeah, you go up the, yeah, yeah. I've they, been in the lobby. Oh. Um, they they do a tour. 
They don't accept whites. I'm just kidding. They actually do a really cool thing as far as um, as far as being members. Everybody's equal. Yeah. So if even if you're like you're a member, you're a regular person. Johnny Depp's a member. He's a celebrity. You get treated the same. So if you arrive before Johnny Depp, you get seated before Johnny Depp. Mm. That's cool. That's at least in there. It was fun. I mean, I'm I'm glad I went. Uh, if if I have the chance to go again, I, I would. But it's not like oh my god. Once you go, it's like okay, that was cool. That the the lift in there so is like recreated from some French lift that I think Lillian Disney saw in France, and so they've like faithfully recreated this thing. I think they maybe had to ship over some parts or something to make it. And if you don't know what Wes is talking about in America, we call them elevators. No, they're actually different. Uh, an elevator uses cables from the top to pull you up a lift pushes you up from the bottom okay this is a podcast about lifts way to show me up i'm just saying (laughs) um so unless everyone else wants to mention anything about disneyland i think we can uh we can wrap this up i like disneyland Um, i like disneyland or disney or walt disney company speak now forever hold your peace i like it a lot uh so actually uh wes's love of hippos has translated to his twitter handle yeah at movie hippo so uh, if you want to follow him, uh, feel free. And then Caitlin here is a member of... The Get-Go. The Get-Go. The very, very funny. All get-go. female. <laughs> sketch team at UCB. Hilarious, and, funny uh, And what's your Twitter name? Uh, it's Caitlin underscore... Is that what it is? Oh, underscore? Jesus Christ. All right, come on. Let's underscore. just all relax here. Well, well, first of all, it's Caitlin, which we don't know how to spell. K- and then it's got an underscore. It's going to have a pound it's symbol and something. K-A-I-T-L-I-N underscore B underscore... <laughs> Two underscore. <laughs> Alan's giving me the worst look right well, now. Well, I mean, we'll really? Okay. Start over. Well, Start over was with your Caitlin long. Caitlin, just look up Caitlin. Oh, I have to spell my last name. Boshaman on Twitter. I'll show up. You know what? You it's B E A U C H E M I N. At Twitter. No, dot it com. doesn't work that way. Okay. At Twitter.com. It's, it's Twitter.com slash whatever you're freaking Just add me There's like on Facebook. Five underscores. Or MySpace. At, did you just say or MySpace? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I haven't been on MySpace in like t- like ten years. Then why are you directing people there? <laughs> I probably still mine. have an account. They can add me if they want. I'm not going to. Oh see my lordy it. lord! Anyway, you could also follow the Wikipedia Brown podcast at WikiBPod underscore. No, okay. No, just WikiBPod. Cool. Yeah, and iTunes, then. Uh, right? And it's on iTunes now. We we got on iTunes, which mm-hmm. is great. And then uh, you can just search for Wikipedia Brown. And if you watch, listen to the podcast, do me a favor. Please review it, even if you hate it. Uh, we love reviews. We love uh, criticisms. We love constructive criticisms. We also love hate mail. We also love love mail. So please just review it for us. And then also you can stream it at wikipediabrown.com. Yay. Yay. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Wes. Uh, Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Fun.